RSN Carnival 2. The Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Marcus Pontepelli with us in the Inner Sanctum. It is a big challenge to take on the Cats. We know we're coming up against a tough opponent this week and down there, so there's you know there's not many bigger challenges at the minute in football than, than that. And I guess we like that as, as a club. As long as we can repeat some of the things that we've done the last two weeks, um, we're definitely in with a chance, that's for sure. The Inner Sanctum, taking you inside the AFL season. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday mornings from 7 on RSN 927's Breakfast Club. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. When footy's done and dusted, the Weekend Footy Wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cues and Adam White deliver the Weekend Footy Wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. Get back to work. But I am working. What, your latest Instagram post? I'm lodging a free dial before you dig inquiry online. Visit 1100.com.au to use this free service or call 1100 during business hours. G'day, Billy Brownless here. There's only one thing I love more than the Mighty Cats, and that's the Mighty Dogs. The Mighty Dogs at Sandown Park, that is. Join me at one of Greyhound Racing's best nights of the year, the world's richest staying race, the RSN Sandown Cup. Don't miss all the atmosphere and action, three Group 1 finals, plus the chance to win over $100,000 in prizes. On my wheel. So get down to Sandown Park on Friday, May 24th. First race at 7.08 and entry is free. Details at sandowngreyhounds.com.au it all has to go at Brighton Mazda with our huge demonstrator clearance sale on now. Don't miss out on sensational deals across the entire range of new and demonstrator models. All new and demonstrator stock reduced to clear. View the best Mazda deals at brightonmazda.com.au and get going into Brighton Mazda, where excellence costs no more. Season C's apply, LMCT 10963. Zone, zone. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elmo's Elmo. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're it. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. 
If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. There's jumpers, hoodies, and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au RSN Carnival 2. It's women's Aussie rules are doing what they love. The fast and tough don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the match? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. On RSN Carnival. It's the Very good evening and welcome to the VFR Women's Match of the Night here on RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio from Downer Oval in Wimstown. Pre-game thanks to leaguetees.com.au. It's the first match for Premiership points for Wimstown because they played a practice game, an invitational against GWS last week. The Bulldogs have the bye. These two, these two local teams meet here at Downer Oval. Coolish conditions, but otherwise quite fine. And should be an exciting night of football. We've got plenty to talk about, so let's introduce the team. First of all, the gentleman who called alongside me just, what, three hours ago at Punt Road Oval in Richmond at the Swinburne Centre. A warm welcome to Matthew Cox. I wouldn't say warm, but anyway, we'll, we'll look over that. It's uh, a nice evening here at Point Jellybrand. It's not uh, too breezy, at least from our vantage point, looking at the flagpole on the wing. It's coming off the bay this evening, so it'll be blowing straight across the ground. Still night as well, and looking at the light towers here, it's one of the first times they've been turned on here at Point Jellybrand. They're brand new for 2019, and it's, uh, it's the ground's come up very well under lights. I don't mind it. I can say the first ever night game played here for Premiership Points was a few weeks ago in the VFL men's, and who else did Williamstown play against? Their arch-rival Port Melbourne, and beat them by a kick. So, that if you're going to turn on the lights, you might as well turn them on in fashion like that. And ho- hopefully uh, we get a similar sort of contest today, because... Uh, or tonight, I should say, because these two sides, uh, Williamstown, we got a chance to see them last week. They're raw, but they've got some talented players to come out on the park. And the Western Bulldogs, there's not too many names on that list that I recognise. And to go through that list and try and spot some of those names and how we think the game's going to play out today, a woman who helped take the Eastern Rangers at least to the semi-finals in the NAB League Girls Competition. Not too bad at all for her first coaching performance in the NAB League Girls Competition. It's great to have back. We saved it from an early start to a silly Sunday. A warm welcome to Lisa, Coach Kiwi Roper. Yes, hi. It's uh, good to be back and um, certainly coaching under-18s, you probably don't really do much of a silly Sunday well, we give the, the coaches that I'm used and to. parents maybe could just, you know. I, I suggested raspberry drinks. 
Yeah, 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 no. Right. Teenage girls, so, raspberry. Yeah. Uh, perhaps coaches have something secretly planned. Ah, so watch this space. Do we get an invite? When the cameras are off. <laughs> uh, you can't hide from social media these days. You cannot hide. But we'll go through uh, a little bit about your semi-final uh, throughout this pre-game show. But we've got to focus on Williamstown and the Western Bulldogs. There's essentially two names that we've got to talk about. Oh, we might as well hit it straight at the top. We alluded to one when we were talking about it during the uh, pre-game to Richmond and GWS Giants. Bench to get Coach Kiwi's thoughts. Moana Hope will start today playing for, I think, if you include all her VFL, VWFL, and AFL clubs, I think this is her 11th club playing for Weemstown, named at full forward. Well, maybe she has a massive pool room and is filling it with different coloured Guernseys. Just an idea. Not a bad way to go about it. <laughs> yeah, she's on a roll. Um, look, you know, I think with um, with the likes of the ones that Williamstown lost, I think this will be a um, huge benefit having someone of her experience coming into the side. And as we saw with Alicia Newman last week, she took on quite quite a lot of the role in, mm. in moving the team around and moving that ball forward. So having a key forward like Moana, I hope if they're using her in the forward line, um, will definitely help the other players that are around her. And, um, and for her, you know, perhaps having a little bit more responsibility in, in a team where she is more of a senior player now may also give her a little bit of um, injection into her AFLW career and she can get redrafted. We'll talk a little bit uh, later on about structure and who might be the players to look at. They're going to try and get the ball to mow. That's the most important thing. We'll we'll talk about that later on. But another name to mention, particularly since we're talking about uh, obviously about cross coders and particularly in Ireland at the moment, there's a big camp on. We've got the Americans that have come out here on the front page of the newspaper on uh, Monday was Danielle Marshall and Sarah Edwards Rona. Now Sarah, we actually spoke to last year on our midweek show uh, talking about the Denver Bulldogs and previewing the USAFL Nationals. She's out here. We'll catch up with her before she hits to Queensland. But a woman that we caught up with during the week was Danielle Marshall from the Arizona Hawks. We spoke to her. We recorded the interview on Monday. She was going to Western Bulldogs training. Her plan for this Saturday night originally was one or the other. She said the Bulldogs wanted her to come along here to quote-unquote watch this game or she could attend a trivia night that was being held by the Aberfeldy Sports Club, the club that she was playing for in the EDFL. Some 72 hours later... She is named to play on the bench to play for the Western Bulldogs and will make her debut tonight. Two years ago, Colorado School of Mines. Last year in Arizona, playing in her debut season in the USAFL. Now, a Western Bulldog in the VFLW. Yeah, from all accounts, she's actually put in a lot of hours of um, craft and trying to develop her skills, and this is just exciting. Exciting for her to come so far, and um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a bit of a, a bit of a raffle whether you, whether you're going to get picked or not. And um, for her to come this way and, and now get rewarded for that effort is exciting, and I can't wait to see her on the field. But yeah, there's um, you know, we talk about the influx of the Irish, but uh, currently there's a bit of a wave of of Americans over here. I think there's four across the VFL teams. Uh, I think it's as much... Oh, across the VFL, it's now five. Five. Uh, but uh, six, because Sarah Edward-Torona isn't on a list yet. But you've got Jessica Blecker, who is at Collingwood. Did not play today, uh, but played last week. You have got uh, Katie Newman-Stone at Carlton. You've got April Lewis at Essendon. Yet to debut, though, for Essendon. Currently playing at West Brunswick. Uh, then you've got Erin McLaughlin, I think it is, out of yep. Darabin. She debuts tomorrow. Yes, uh, and then Danny Marshall debuts t- 
to die. So that's five Americans. If you don't also count Katie Klatt, which played the last couple of years for uh, Melbourne University. So five Americans, and I guess... The interesting thing is, and the reason why we got the eyes on Danny Marshall as well as April Lewis and Jess Blake, because they've come out of the USAFL as opposed to others that have played other leagues. If Danny has some good games before she goes back, if by some miracle as a rookie she gets signed, will this hopefully turn the attention to the US college system and what sports women are coming out of there? They're not getting opportunities in their chosen sports. They can make the conversion to AFLW. But we'll pick up on that in a moment's time because just sneaking in behind us for the first time to join us here on uh, WARF Radio and RSN Carnival 2, the football manager of the Wimstown Football Club. It's great to have Stephen Salisbury. Stephen, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Penny. Yourself? I'll tell you what, you've turned it on tonight. Perfect conditions for Saturday night football and the season opener, officially for Premiership points, against the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, no, it's always a good day when you can come down here and uh, have a still night. Not a cloud in the sky, and uh, we're here round one for the VFL program. And uh, we had a similar condition, so we're really looking forward to putting on a, a great spectacle. Now, before we talk about all the other names and now all the recruitment process, we've got to ask you about the biggest name first that got dropped during the week. Yep. How did you get Mo Hope? Uh, it's really just through, obviously, um, Amy Catchell's connections as a senior coach. Um, they've, she's known Mo for a number of years now, growing up, playing footy with, with each other. So it was really just um, Mo had been overseas on holiday and um, just got back only in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, she was keen to play uh, VFW this year, so I'm more than happy to have her down. What impact does that have? Because speaking to Amy after the game last week where you played GWS in what would be an equivalent practice match for you guys, it's a very young list. A lot of local footy talent has come a part of the Williamstown. What does it mean to bring someone that has had so much experience, not only at AFLW level, but also in the state league competition? Yeah, it's just about providing education out in the ground to those younger players and giving them that direction pretty much like a, any like a playing assistant coach really out in the ground so you know she's been really good at the training sessions that she's been at so far and uh, giving that direction to the younger players. Being a standalone club in the competition as football manager and, and on your whole recruiting department how about how do you go about your pitch to players to come to Weemstown? I manage the AFL clubs have the advantage of not just about the facilities but clubs particularly like Richmond and St Kilda can talk about oh you can audition in a way under their coaches to get onto the AFLW list because obviously there isn't that AFLW connection here. How do you approach that conversation with players to come to Weemstown? It's no different from our men's program. You know, it's a standalone yeah. program. We've got 23 spots to play each week. Uh, we don't have restrictions on AFLW players that we need to look at. We don't have to manage players. Um, so for us, it just gives them every opportunity to perform at their best. And uh, for us, it's also just to manage our ambitions to getting players drafted as well. So we can provide data and advice to all the clubs, not just one club in particular. So that, And we operate the same vein in our men's program. So you know, for us, we stand alone very proudly. And at the fact that there's 23 spots each week. And we also pull players from different uh, NAB League regions as well now. So we've got that benefit as well as all the clubs do. Mm. And uh, allowing players to to put their best foot forward and and aiming to get onto an AFLW list at some stage. What's the the goals over the next... those the short-term goals for the next three years, say. What would you like to achieve as a club? It was a fairly good year for you guys last year, finished off fairly strongly. You've got a young list that's developing and you're looking to build. In three years' time, where would you like to see the Williamstown VFLW program? Ideally, we've got a number of those players still here. So for us, 
you know, we look at a, a very young list and a very local engaged list. Um, so for us, it's about maintaining that list and obviously filling the holes as we go along. But at the same time, for us, you know, hopefully we can build upon this year and then over the next two to three years with very much a core group of players. Um, we've been fortunate enough where we have to, to have a core group of players from last year as well. So it's about maintaining that and obviously also the ability for the players to see you know, that development as well from an on-field perspective. And, and obviously we're always garnered by results. Um, so obviously from there it's just about, for us internally, seeing inc- incremental you know, progress in terms of those win-losses, but also how the percentage is looking as well, not getting blown out of the water each week, etc. So that's certainly some of the areas that we, we focus on. You're talking about uh, the under-18s girls. Some of them should be available soon after their commitments with the NAB League girls and some obviously playing in the national championships. Can you talk us through some of the girls that you've managed to sign so far? Yeah, so we've got a young girl tonight from the Western Jets, Ruby Tribodi. She's a Williamstown local, so a little bit of history for her. She's the first Williamstown junior to play here at the club in the VFLW. So, you know, she's come across. She finished last week with the Jets. And then we've also picked up Kate Douglas, a full-back who's in the Vic Country squad from the Bendigo Pioneers. And depending on her situation, if she gets selected in that final team, um, we'll look at playing her over the next couple of weeks, depending on her training schedule. And also Talia Merritt from the Eastern Rangers has come through as well. And she's part of the Vic Metro squad. So, again, we just managed through that through AFL Victoria in terms of what they can and can't do over the next few weeks. Uh, But certainly from our point of view, it's good to have that talent coming through, especially from a pathway perspective. And a lot of the, watch a lot of under-18 girls at the moment, and there's a lot of 16, 17-year-olds coming through, which is really great. Uh, And it's also now nurturing those 18 and 19-year-olds back into state league footy as well. The half-back line, if we look to last week's result with the GWS Giants, I thought that was one of your strongest parts of the ground. It was just the execution coming off the half-back flank that, that let you down. But some of the names like Rebecca Dardengo, uh, Ash, Ashley Melnickus, there are a couple of players that, as you alluded to before, are part of that core group that have continued on from last year. How have you seen their off-season and have they taken that next step yeah, well, Beck was a little bit different because she had shoulder surgery at the end of last year, which we didn't get it back on the track really until the end of February. So she's had a bit of a, a lighter pre-season in terms of that. But again, her development, she's continuing to play at a higher level each week and she's continuing to push herself. And now she's done a really good job last year as a defensive midfielder. So now we've just brought her back into our defensive six and continue that um, forward pressure or defensive pressure down there for opposition forward line. So for us, it's about continuing their development week in, week out and yeah, it's through vision and, and that feedback from the coaches each week that they can do that. If I'm correct, it's Nikki Wallace and Jacinta Reid that were appointed as co-captains. Um, from your perspective, what stood out in their characteristics to be granted that honour? Certainly just leading from the front. So Jacinta is a very quiet lady, but she certainly leads from her actions and she, she's a bull at a gate out in the ground. And, and a lot of the players look up to Jacinta and the way she plays. And then from Nikki, she's obviously had that AFLW experience up in Brisbane Lions in the first season of that competition. And certainly, again, from her skill set and what she's been through and what she's seen, she also assists in developing the players from an on-field point of view as well. Another test for you tonight. You played GWS last week in AFLW club. You've got the Western Bulldogs tonight. A little bit of a local rivalry as well. Under lights here at Point Jelly Brand. It's, it's starting to feel a good atmosphere around the ground. Are you looking to build this into a high-profile match to get the season underway? Certainly from us, um, from our point of view as a club, we always, we'll always look to open a season up with a night game. Um, obviously, we're very fortunate with the conditions. It can get a bit treacherous yeah. uh, down here, but certainly from our point of view, it's just to make sure we open the season up in a great fashion. 
and it also allows just that uh, excitement to come into the year as well. And we'll we took the bye last week thinking we could try and manage our programs to have the boys and the girls have the bye last week, but uh, the Giants come knocking. So, But uh, from us, it's now just about building that excitement around the, the club and the season with the women's program. And hopefully going forward, we'll continue to look at that with the Bulldogs uh, as part of that rivalry, as you say. You allude to the men's because obviously the men's are standalone as well. You're a standalone club. How much does um, the men's and women's program integrate here at Williamstown? Uh, for us, it's just uh, on the Monday night from a recovery yeah. point of view. Yeah. So our men's and women's programs do recovery together. Um, so they're downstairs. We've got medical, uh, vision, ice bars, all that sort of stuff. Coaches feedback individually. Uh, and that's really the only time they see each other during the week. Yeah. And then obviously on game day, if there's a double headers and, and all that sort of stuff. But for us... Um, Obviously, bring them together on that Monday, but really they've got to train at their own levels yep, yep. Uh, from a training point of view in week. Uh, but we've also taken opportunities. We had Nick Meese down at training last week with the ladies, and uh, they certainly enjoyed that. You know, he's yeah. got a plenty of experience behind him, and yeah, he certainly enjoyed the, the freedom as well, just to be himself and uh, again just uh, educate the ladies, especially in those that, that, that ruck division. Well, Steve, thank you very much for joining us here on Women's Australian Rules Football Radio and RSN Carnival 2. We wish you very well for everything off the field, that everything goes well tonight. And let's hope a, a great performance by Williamstown on the field in the season apron against the Bulldogs. Thanks, guys. And we appreciate the support that you guys do throughout the course of your call in the game. So hopefully you do many Williamstown games. But if not, wish you all the best as well for the season ahead. Will do. If I'm correct, I think it's seven or eight games this year that we're following Williamstown. So you've got, you've got plenty in the bank. Fantastic. No worries. Thank you, Stephen Zolsby, joining us here on RSN Carnival Digital radio. Just make sure the weather's as good as it is tonight uh, <laughs> yeah, for those yeah. other eight occasions. We, we may have a Sandringham type game <laughs> last year, you never know. So. But no, we're looking forward to it. And the grounds, the council's done a fantastic job with the, the yeah. ground over summer and um, I think certainly everyone coming down now will enjoy the facilities that we have. Actually, I'm just looking at the centre wicket. It looks pretty good. I'll have a back first tonight, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they've, they've done a great job. He's actually changed it from a saw base to a grass base turf yeah. wicket, so hence why there's not really any mud uh, this year, which is really great. This is absolutely sensational. And if you haven't already done so already, get down here to Down Oval, bounce down at 7pm. Stephen, thank you very much again for your time. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy the night. Stephen Salisbury, the football manager here at the Wimstown Football Club. We'll take this quick break. You're listening to Women's Australian Rules Football Radio on RSN Carnival 2. Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. The Carnival of Colour is coming. The Great Northern Darwin Cup Carnival, July 6 to Cup Day, August 5. Eight amazing days of racing in the Territory's biggest social and sporting event of the year. Experience heart-pounding action in the top end. You've heard of the war on waste, but what can businesses do? Whether you're a brickie or a barista, you can do your bit to keep valuable resources in circulation. Planet Arc has developed the War on Waste Toolkit for Business to help you choose the right recycler or recycling equipment supplier. Get your staff on board and find products made from recycled material. Even if you're not in the recycling business, you can be in the business of recycling. Visit Business Recycling. 
inside every edition of Winning Post. Great stories, expert previews and comprehensive form guides for race meetings right across the nation, right across the weekend. That's why Winning Post is Australia's top-selling racing paper. Grab your Winning Post at your newsagents every Friday. Your club, Craigie Byrne Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Byrne's best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Byrne Sporting Club. Find out more at craigiebyrnesc.com.au. There's jumpers, hoodies, and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au. RSN Carnival 2 is the VFL Women's Match of the Day. So beautiful. And on RSN Carnival 2, <laughs> thanks for coming back, uh, Kiwi, jumping over the top. RSN Carnival 2, WAOFradio.com. This is the VFL Women's Match of the Night. It is Wimstown and the Western Bulldogs. We have a bounce down of 7 p.m. this evening. It's currently 25 past six. We just finished speaking with Stephen Salsby, the uh, football manager here of the Williamstown Football Club. He hoped for us to come out here more often. We're covering Williamstown seven or eight times. Not necessarily all here, but there will be at other grounds and hopefully in some warmth, just quietly. It's cool. It's nice tonight, but... Uh, it's it, not, it, not too bad with four lows on. It's, it's yeah. quite comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we said, the wind's coming from a different direction. The last couple of times I've been here, it's been coming straight towards us here in the uh, commentary box, which is half forward flank um, up, what end are we? Southern end? Southwestern uh, end? Yeah, the uh, southwestern end, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the wind coming straight across off the bay, so makes it a little more comfortable for us up here. Not sure how it's going to play regarding the conditions out on the park. Tonight. It, it's not too. It's not too cool. It's about two special coffees worth that'll get you through <laughs> the, uh... the, the. The other thing I'm worried about, just looking at these lights, if there's a fog that starts to come in, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Particularly on the far side of the ground. Nonetheless, let's get back to what we we're talking about earlier. We'll pick up your Kiwis part of the conversation as well. We were discussing about the uh, Danielle Marshall coming to the Western Bulldogs. Uh, she had played um, a soccer uh, on scholarship. Uh, in a NCAA Division II school, Colorado State uh, School of Mines uh, College before moving to Arizona with her husband for work and, of course, uh, played Aussie Rules for the first time last year and has now uh, come to Aberfeldy, played two games and earned a spot as a rookie on the Western Bulldogs list, is playing tonight. You've had a bit to do with the Crosscoders program as much as Danielle's not involved in the Crosscoders program. How much does this mean if... If Danielle, for example, could get picked up about turning the focus to women coming out of the U.S. college sports system. Yeah, I think uh, this is a good thing because currently we know about, obviously, Gaelic is a very similar sport. So we know about the Irish uh, players that are capable of uh, changing codes and playing playing this game. So someone like Danielle definitely, um, if she shines, will make people sort of look at the USA and 
what's available over there. And the college system that they have is it's quite a professional setup. So um, in, even though there are other sports, they're instilling in those players a sort of work ethic that mm. um, can be hard. And if you've got a semi-talented player, that just encourages them to work a little bit harder and become you know, more your shining light. So, um, you know, it's just, I think, giving, you know, really good bound or real good base of um, development to those kind of players. And, and then all we have to do over here is teach them, you know, slightly different rules, different shape of a field and some different words perhaps around the grounds. And, mm. you know, I think uh, they can adapt pretty well. It's a bit, it makes me really uh, think back to two years ago, me getting into an argument on social media, as I, I constantly do. I got into an argument on social media, I think it was around the time Georgie Parker was being picked up by Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood women with the attitude of picking her up because she'd played with, uh, at Olympic level with the Hockey Roos and saying, well, she's been in the elite sporting environment, but Georgie admitted in and, and her social media videos, she's never kicked a footy. And my argument at that stage was we should be looking at the US women because they've kicked a footy. And people are saying, oh, yeah, but what's the standard like? But it's like, well, and Danielle will hopefully prove that today, is that those women that go through the college system in America, very similar to those that are training for the Olympics here in Australia, that profession, as Danielle said in the interview, they train six nights a week as part of their college scholarship. Yes, they're studying, but they're focusing a heck of a lot on their sport. They're doing their road schedule. It's an elite environment. So, And those that have come out of college in the U.S. and played a little bit of the USAFL, I would argue that they're actually at least half a step to a step ahead of Australians that might be coming through the Olympic system but have yet to pick up the football. We only have to look at Frankie Hocking, um, who played a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Southern Saints, and she just slotted into that lineup with ease. Yeah. And I remember calling her back in 2017 in the AFL International Cup. Her and, the, and a couple of others on that day, I, I would have said without, you know, without yeah. um, whatever the word is, that they could have slotted straight into a VFLW program, and that was two years ago. Hmm. That they they have the the not the natural instinct, but the work rate to yeah. play football. All they needed was a little bit more coaching and guidance from a professional standard, which we now have in the VFLW, to be able to make it onto a list. And they would have slotted in, as Frankie Hocking has done, as Jess Blecker has done with Collingwood, although she didn't play earlier today. And Collingwood's big win over Hawthorne, we might add as well. We'll update the round results in a moment. But um, they're two players of, as you said, four or five that are already on lists. And if they can find the funding to come out here, there's no reason why they can't be a walk up start. Yeah, I was talking to um, Frankie a few, maybe a month after she started with Southern Saints and um, and what, you know, what she said was that training here at VFL just took her back to when she was playing Premier League soccer in England, was that whole level of professionalism, the expectations, you turn up and, you know, and I said, I'll wait till you start to do your visions, you know, you sit there and you analyse all that, she's like, really? Like, she was just so excited and, and I think that's what she's probably missed a little bit in Sydney is just that little professional type of set up and you know they've got the gym obviously available and and that side of it so yeah she's and I think she's going to shine um she's Pete's given her a, a brand new position to play she's a bit nervous about taking on that role but you know I just think that the kind of skills that Frankie can bring across and a coach like Pete I think you're just gonna you know see another another star but from England this time if she's not on an AFLW 
list. Hello, St Kilda. Next season, I'd be questioning that very much because she deserves to be on the list where she's at. Absolutely. And, and with a year under her belt, who knows what can, she can achieve. We'll, we'll talk about the crosscutters in a moment, which is happening at this very moment in Ireland. There's a lot of focus on Ireland at the moment, and that is because of... There was the original Irish player in Laura corrigan Jure, but to be fair, Laura played six years out here in Melbourne with Diamond Creek before she got uh, picked up. So because she'd been out here for a significant amount of time, she was more seen as an Australian rather than an Irish one transferring to the game. The real breakthrough was Cora Staunton, the biggest name possibly in Gaelic football over there, coming over here. She got going. That started the idea for that started the idea for Sarah Rowe to go across on her own bat. After Sarah Rowe came across, then Crosscoders got off the ground because of a frustrated Lauren Spark, who'd played in the <laughs> AFL London Women's League and had seen that talent that was available. Then, of course, we saw McCarthy, Bonner and um, Considine come across. Considine win a flag. All women re-signed. And all of a sudden, not only because that game where they beat the Victorians, but how they went well in the AFLW, we've seen all the clubs now, because they've got the rookie spots to fill mad scramble to get to Ireland of oh my god where where have these players come from yeah they've been right under your nose well that's the thing is um, you know because of the rules for the rookie um, drafting now it's probably harder to find that level of talent in Australia so they do have to look a bit more broad and um, speaking of a new one was Ash Curling today who debuted for Collingwood um, with their big win that they had over Hawthorne so yeah there are more coming and um, yeah definitely there's you know that that extra level of talent and I think for the rest of the girls in Ireland who play Gaelic having someone of the elk of Cora uh, she is just like the most superior Gaelic female footballer over there. And for her to come over and and not only just sign with Giants and play FAW, I thought she excelled and then got re-signed and she excelled in her second season. And, and the professionalism she brought is obviously every day she's out working on her kicking and trying to straighten that up rather than the hook kicks and, you know, other aspects of the game. And, you know, I think that's what they've seen now is if she can come over who, you know, could probably be offered any kind of role in Ireland post retirement um, you know that she wants to come here so I think that's you know that's the difference that you see is that the more and more of the other Gaelic girls will be inspired by that and and come over and give it a shot yeah because they've seen Cora do well they've seen Ailish take a flag they're all excited now oh my god not only can they play at a professional level because it's amateur back home they can earn money out here and when and you tell cool. them, oh, hey, you want to come to Australia for the summer and get paid <laughs> and, and play a bit of sport? Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, you know, there's thousands and thousands that do come over for the weather anyway. So come over and be played to run around a football field, even if the ball's oval rather than round. Uh, who, who would turn that down? Absolutely. Um, and we, we know that um, th- there is uh, some players from England, I think Germany as well and whatever, being mixed in that camp. Well, we've been told that there's already been one player that's been signed, but no announcements yet. I guess Fremantle are just waiting to make that announcement. Uh, Trent Cooper, their coach, is over there. So we wait to see some announcements that will come out over that weekend about players being signed out of that cross-coders camp. I would not be surprised, according to Michael Cunn, if we're talking around the vicinity of half a dozen. Uh, coming over here. The next question is the look, as we were mentioning earlier, North America, uh, Canada, and now there's a possibility of South America being played today. Uh, local time in Bocatoga, Colombia. 
The Bogotoga Bulldogs are taking on the Denver Bulldogs. Now, to be fair, the Denver Bulldogs are inviting some players from other USAFL clubs to come down. But it's the first ever international women's match on South American soil. And uh, when we did the interview with the uh, gentleman from the Bogota Bulldogs, it was revealed that a handful of the players playing their game had represented Colombia at the Olympics playing rugby sevens. And uh, let's just say I had a chat to someone from the Crosscoders about that. And once I mentioned the word represented Colombia at the Olympics playing rugby sevens, that caught their ear immediately because we've seen at Carlton albeit Australians, um, uh, Chloe Dalton and Brooke Walker make the transition across and make it across quite comfortably. Yeah, I think, um, you know, definitely rugby sevens, it's a, it's a much more free-flowing and running game than just the normal standard rugby 15 aside. So if you look at the likes of the countries like Fiji, um, you know, that excel at that game is because of that free-spirited type of running. And if you get some of those players, you know... And I think, you know, the cross Creator program last year, we did have a young Fijian um, with some rugby background too. And what I've seen with the New Zealanders, the ones that excel over in the New Zealand program who have a go at AFL are the ones that excel at Rugby 7. So there's definitely something to take out of that game for sure. So that's what things are looking like on the international front, and everyone is very excited about it. Again, the player that we're watching today for the Western Bulldogs, what all the talk's been about, number 26, Danielle Marshall of the Arizona Hawks, played two games for Aberfeldy in the EDFL, including last week, named amongst the best and kicked two goals for Aberfeldy. She'll be debuting on the bench tonight for the Western Bulldogs. We're going to go through the matchups. Who we think is going to perform well tonight? On the other side of the break, you're listening to the VFL Match of the Night here on RSN Carnival 2 and WAO.com. The match of the night! How do you like that? Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. The Carnival of Colour is coming. The Great Northern Darwin Cup Carnival, July 6 to Cup Day, August 5. Eight amazing days of racing in the Territory's biggest social and sporting event of the year. Experience heart-pounding action in the top end. See darwinturfclub.org.au You've heard of the war on waste, but what can businesses do? Whether you're a brickie or a barista, you can do your bit to keep valuable resources in circulation. Planet Arc has developed the War on Waste Toolkit for Business to help you choose the right recycler or recycling equipment supplier. Get your staff on board and find products made from recycled material. Even if you're not in the recycling business, you can be in the business of recycling. Visit Business Recycling Inside every edition of Winning Post, great stories, expert previews and comprehensive form guides for race meetings right across the nation, right across the weekend. That's why Winning Post is Australia's top-selling racing paper. Grab your Winning Post at your newsagents every Friday. 
your club. Craigie Burns Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to play at your special occasion? Craigie Burns' best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burns Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. There's jumpers, hoodies, and tees for you at leagetees.com.au. Leagetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leagetees.com.au SN Carnival 2. Is the VFL Women's Match of the Day? Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Night here on RSN Carnival 2. WARFradio.com and the VFL at Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, and Coach Kiwi Lisa Roper up here in commentary tonight. A few late uh, omissions. Lucy Watkin feeling a little bit under the weather. I won't say how bad it is, otherwise, some people are eating dinner at the moment. So, just, you know, she's feeling sick, let's put it that way. And also to uh, Neve Felton, who has busily got her head buried in the uni books tonight. Couldn't yeah. get out of uni work, she says. Yeah, now, now to that, Neve, I've got a feeling you are listening. That's a very poor excuse. I know it's cold here at Williamstown, but saying that you're studying doesn't make sense. I don't know if it's code for uh, beers and night out in Brunswick, but... Um, <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, but she, she is unable to make it tonight, and we know how much she loves the Bulldogs, particularly a bit like how Kiwi talks about the Giants with a wee. She, she talks about the Bulldogs in a wee term. She, and I still remember uh, for the AFL preseason practice game at, at uh, Ballarat how she got starstruck when Debbie Lee was in the box, and she could partly put her words together. She nearly fell off the chair at one point. Oh, really? that's, that, that's how, yeah. I was waiting for, you know, body parts to be signed by Debbie Lee for Neve afterwards going, you know, I love you, I love you. So, you know, she was in awe of the legend. And there's a reason why Debbie's distancing herself from the uh, commentary box here. I can see her just standing well off the grandstand uh, down in front of us. So she can send her a scared. signal and say, it's safe, she's home studying. All, all clear, umpire. You need a safe word, thank you. As it is currently 19 minutes to 7 here on RSN Carnival 2 Digital radio. We'll go through the scores of the VFL games that uh, happened today in a moment's time. But let's have a look first of all, a preview of Weemstown the Western Bulldogs beginning at 7pm tonight. I look to the Bulldogs list some AFL talent in there I noticed Kiwi First of all we talk about Bonnie Toogood. Let's see if tonight if she's going to start the back line, if they're going to throw her in the middle Yeah well she's a quite a versatile player so um, I, I would if I was running the team, I would throw forward and, you know, sort of go, go with a positive attitude and hope that your midfield will clear the ball early. And, um, you know, and it should be pretty important to get a couple of goals on the board early for them. Also with Hayley Wilds, a versatile player that can be used uh, in the centre or down forward. 
Yeah, I think you know another you know another bit of versatility there, and it'll depend what sort of structure they want to run um, and how they want to attack this Williamstown team for sure. And, and Coxie with Eleanor Brown, if I'm correct, Southern Saints last year, but did not return to the Saints for their VFL slash AFLW seasons, um, staying with the Bulldogs. Yeah, no, she was drafted by the Bulldogs at the end of last year, and they were very impressed with her, uh, the Western Bulldogs as well. So would have been wanting to hang on to her as much as possible. She's fairly athletic for a tall player uh, from memory seeing her with the Southern Saints last year. So looking forward to seeing what she can deliver as she uh, takes another step on her path of development. Can you say a veteran of the competition? Because she's been around what five, six years going through the division. Sarah Jolly starting out Division 5 with Gippsland and working all the way up. I think you can. <laughs> I yeah. think you can. Um, especially in the modern women's game. There's not too many players that have played for that length of time, uh, especially at some of the top levels of local competition. So, uh, again, another player that we're hoping to see takes a, another step forward. There's opportunities for this Western Bulldogs side because they've lost a fair bit of talent courtesy of the AFLW trade period and all the rigmarole that goes on with that. So there's spots up for grabs, and if they're good enough, they'll be drafted. Talk about an impact player, McKaylee Award. That's a very familiar name to uh, us here in the commentary box, isn't it? After playing with Hawthorne last year and winning a premiership with them, uh, has come across and playing with the Bulldogs now. Um, a tackling machine um, from, from memory for Hawthorne. Uh, someone that Paddy Hill is constantly pumping up as well, along with Michaela Can. Um, but two, two players there, that, uh, and we'll look forward to seeing what she can deliver tonight. Let's have a look to the Wimstown listing, Kiwi. Some of the names that probably stood out for you last week in their loss against uh, the GWS Giants that will have to turn it on tonight if there to be a chance against the Bulldogs. Yeah, definitely. You know, I thought Sally Seabrook played pretty well. And, um, you know, she she read the flight of the ball quite quite well and at quite important times. And just that at some moments of the game, her execution just perhaps let her down. So if she's gone back to the drawing board and perhaps watched that vision or, um, you know, worked on her um, delivery of the ball a little bit more, she'll, she'll be definitely an important player in, across the half-back line for Williamstown tonight. Absolutely. As I look across those names, Danica Pedersen is a name that stands out to me. Caitlin Karugel, a little bit of the football. Um, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone was... Um, uh, oh, that's right. A friend of Sabrine Navarro is apparently Jess Blecker, who will be here tonight from Collingwood, watching on. Um, so keep an eye out for that name. I think Navarro, they played together at Kilo last year. So that's the connection uh-huh. through there. Uh, Kayla Korapeki was one of the standout needs for them last year, playing into that side. As we said, to look out for uh, Ruby uh, Tripodi, of course, he came through the Williamstown ranks. But if we look through the name, and I guess the encouraging thing is, Coxie, is there's a lot of new names on both sides. So it's a lot of new talent coming into the VFLW competition. And a lot of local talent, too, yeah. coming out of the WRFL, um, the EDFL. Um, and even the VAFA on this side of VAFA, town. Um, so there's, there's plenty of names, which is encouraging. It goes to show that the AFLW competition and what everyone's aspiring to is now feeding the ranks. And importantly... The VFLW programs aren't being too AFLW-centric. Obviously, they've got player management and, and all of that. But the fact that we're scouting the local competitions and bringing talent up is only going to help when those players go back to their local clubs because, as I've... The stickler for me as part of this whole boom of women's footy over the last four or five years 
is that we need good coaching and we need people to be able to not only go up but also come back down to ensure that we're getting an even spread and, and increasing that talent pool because that's one of the major criticisms, especially with the expansion of AFLW, is the talent pool isn't strong and is stressed at the moment now that we've got eight clubs here in Victoria. So the more players that come up, even if it's maybe for four or five games, but then go back to their local club, they've picked up a bit of knowledge for training with players that are of a higher quality than them. They've been involved in that professional environment. They can pass it on to players in their early 20s, their teens who are coming out of the under-18 competitions, not only NAB League girls, but also the local competitions as well. So I think it's it's great that more, we are seeing more and more, and especially from the Bulldogs, because of that link with the VU Western Spurs, I reckon, I, I still believe that they were the best club in this whole transition to this new professional competition. They did it the best because they kept that link, as have Melbourne Uni with North Melbourne. There's that link that binds them back to the local footy scene, and I think that's fantastic. And as much as I'm sad to see the likes of Diamond Creek, Eastern Devils, St Kilda Sharks, etc., depart the uh, VFLW competition, you know, I was, I was a stickler that it could have been done a hell of a lot better. The pleasing thing is now, at least for this year, in the competition is we're seeing the even spread across the competition. We're not seeing all the talent at one club. I know Darabin, they hate me because it's a bit of a knock on them, but it was true for Darabin and to a less extent Diamond Creek, Melbourne Uni, to a little bit of a degree, Sakura Sharks, Eastern Devils, and then there was the rest. Those, those five clubs harboured the best talent in the competition and the problem was for all the smaller clubs coming up through the ranks they couldn't compete because they couldn't compete they couldn't grow they couldn't develop and you had this very lopsided competition and the growth was stagnant now that it's kind of been you know and I know Dabbering and I had it but their list is being broken up and so is the other clubs Diamond Creek are no longer the competition etc or Melbourne Uni are virtually North Melbourne now yeah, because that talent has been broken up and spread out a bit all of a sudden it's making the competition more balanced, you're starting to notice more of the second, the third, the fourth fringe players on the fourth um, tier players on each of the lists. Where before, those tier players, if they couldn't make state league football or struggle to get in the firsts, you know what they do? They probably wouldn't stay play reserves. They'd end up going, you know, I'm going to go play Division 4, Division 5, see you later. And they were lost to the game. Well, there, there were cases of that. I think Seaford was an instance where there were players that were good enough to play in their senior side yeah. that were competing at, uh, VFLW for that first season. And I remember them, one of them, Tina Henshaw, who was the playing coach of their, of their second division side, said, she goes, oh, I could play the top division because they were promoted to play up against Darren. But she goes, I played when we used to be South Mornington and we got flogged mercilessly by Darabin again and again and again she says I can't bear another flogger no and yeah in that respect, it's great because it's created a more even competition. I, and I, I, I don't mean we're going to hate it because it's it, it, they enjoyed that success. But but there's also yeah. there's a reason why they were that successful, and it's because they invested in their program over a long yeah. period of time. Yeah. Um, they they were one of the originals, mm. and you've got every right to have the success that you have if you've put the time into the program over the span of time that you have. And to be fair to the old competition as well, one of the other clubs that were great for a period of time was the Spurs, which Debbie Lee had started. But in that old era of women's football, which happened at the Spurs and, and happened at other clubs in lower levels as well, if two senior figures in that club break up, have a fight, have a whatever, 
in the past that would splinter. You'd splinter a club. You'd mm. say, we called Wyndham Vale in Division 3, won a flag at Coburg City Oval. Didn't exist the next year. Yeah. Their senior women's side, because there was, from what I gather, two factions were not happy with each other. The main faction said, right, we're out of here. And I think they went to Altona. No, they went to Port Melbourne and a few other places. That destroyed a place. Now, under this new professional era, there is, okay... You, there may still be there's still arguments there can be still fights it's human nature but the impact won't be as strong because you have recruiting managers and etc behind the scene who can go right if we lose players for whatever reason fights AFLW whatever retirements pregnant whatever they can now go out there and start sourcing and recruiting here and there and pulling in players instead of trying to in the old days I'm trying to target this player because if I get this player, I know she's going to bring five players with her. It's a, it's a more professional setup. I, yeah. I remember when we first, well, when I first started calling alongside you, Pete, and how much of an amateur competition it was. Uh, and well, it, we used to joke, and, and, and Kiwi, I can bring you in on this: is that Betty Kulareed and Mia Ray Clifford, etc., at St Kilda Sharks in 2014. Since they won the game, they'd be cracking open cans of Jim Bean straight after the game. <laughs> they'd have the little fire going in the, at the front of their club rooms. They'd be standing around for drinking cans of Jim Bean. Two years later. Jim Bean cans are gone. They're in their towels walking down the street to the beach for with, recovery. With some sort of green-looking shake in some big two-litre yeah, yeah, container. Yeah. Um, the, the change, it, it was necessary because as soon as we heard there was a national competition at that stage, it was still six years away. It got reduced down to two or three in the end. But it, the, the pathways needed to be there. And it... And the expansion, I mean, everyone talks about the expansion at local level now, and it's, it's fantastic. And we've now, we are now seeing the fruit of investing in pathways to bring talent like we see tonight on both these two lists. Kiwi's thoughts, because we've talked about you and you haven't said a word, and you're the one who played through this era. <laughs> I'm just reminiscing what it was like. Yeah, look, you know, um, I'm, obviously I'm lucky enough I played through prior to AFRW. We had nationals, so it was a carnival where each of the states would send their best players, and post a game we would sit back with a beer or cider and pizza usually and um, I think 2003 we actually played in Darwin which was very hot so you actually sat in the pool at night and had your pizza and your beer and you know turn it forward to about I think it was 2009 2011 those two carnivals was the the beer band came and it was ice baths post game and as you like myself I was getting a bit older you know ice baths are not great on arthritic joints <laughs> you know and um, I remember one of the carnivals we had an Irish girl on our team and she was just in a panic mode the carnival was going to start Sunday was our beer ban and Saturday we flew to Perth and she was like Kiwi come on I've got to get to the pub I can't have a week without beer so you know that's that's sort of a little bit of loading into that week but um, you know and now it's just you right you know from from under 18 and under 16 age you now we're sort of managing their intakes so what they're eating prior to training prior to games what they're eating post matches how they do their recovery um, the stretching, you know, the use of the rollers and then any weights program or program um, away from the field that they do. It's, it's very much changed. So that's instilled in them at that age. So when they step up to VAFA or uh, VFL level, it's it's pretty much the same kind of thing and um, that professionalism around it hasn't changed. And um, and for the NAB League, you know, there's so much talent in there. So those that will get drafted, it won't be too much change for them to uh, step into the AFLW League and... You know, everything can still be managed and um, fostered for them. But I have to say, for the Masters, those same Darabin players... 
probably that same kind of thing. They now turn up. They're still dominating. Yeah. Um, you know, Lou Potter, Kerry, um, Jane Lang, <laughs> Nat Wood, Sarah Hammond. Yeah. They're still dominating, and they will have a beer after a game. And, you know, probably there's some Jim Beam cans sunk on the side. And Maybe we need to go <laughs> cover that competition, please, so we yeah. still get yeah. a drink after the game. What, the, the one thing I'll add to that is you can tell that the pathways are making an impact. When last year we saw Madison Prasparkas, Nina Morrison, Olivia Purcell come into the VFLW and look like they've been playing it for five years. They were they were already of an, a level where they were competing against veterans of state league level footy that have been playing for five, ten years. That's how crucial it is to have strong pathways coming and through. And then even the next level, you look at how, you know, Nina didn't get so much, uh, many games, but Maddie then stepped yeah. up to the AFLW level and, you know, still stood up to... You know, the likes of Aaron Phillips and, you know, Chelsea Randall, so... Chloe Malloy the yep. year before. Yep, and um, oh, the young one at Bulldogs. Oh, uh, Huntington. Yes, yes is he? Yes. yes. And yes. you can throw Monique Conti in that same picture as well. Yep, same. and Alice Parker for Giants. So all around that same um, come from youth girls and, and stepping up with without a problem. Speaking of uh, Alice Parker, she had another impressive performance today for the GWS Giants who had a good victory at Punt Road Oval in the match. If you weren't joining us as part of our nine hours of wall-to-wall coverage here on uh, RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com, the Giants were victorious 6 7 to 2 3 15 in their match at Punt Road How Oval. How did my team go? Swinburne Centre. <laughs> <laughs> I missed your coaching support, Kiwi. It wasn't... Yeah, no, I, I was I was sad not to get there because um, one of my young junior giants from a few years ago, Brandon Tarrant, made her debut today. So it would have been good to see her in action, um, uh, stepping up to the big league. Because, you know, a few years ago, she's probably in the likes of, you know, the Nina Morrison-type style of player. And um, and when I had her, I just thought even then she wasn't being challenged at that age and she needed to. So when we sent her to the academies, I just said, go and seek out Fridge and match up on Fridge and everything Fridge does at training, you do and try and beat her because I know how competitive Fridge is and how hard she trains. And I just thought, Tarrant, that's what she needed. So, um, so it's good she's continued to develop. But I have to go and watch the take back. Well, Coxie, since you've got the app, let's just quickly look through those results. Uh, Casey uh, took on Carlton earlier today. They did, and the final score in that game. Casey have two wins on the trot now. 7-8-50 defeating Carlton 2-7-19 out at Casey Fields. The game, which you also would have heard on replay uh, a little earlier on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. The Geelong Cats defeating Essendon 7-2-44 to the Bombers 5-9-39. The second week in a row, Kiwi, the Bombers have put up a good fight against a decent opposition. Yeah, look, um, it's exciting to see that they're um, obviously changed up some systems and, um, you know, perhaps um, more younger and newer players in, which is exciting that they're getting so close. The disappointing thing, I think, is that they're playing so well and they're getting so close and at the end of the day, it's still zero on the board rather than the four points. Um, But, you know, sure, there'll be a couple of games coming up soon that perhaps could have beaten last year and and I reckon this year they'll they'll get over the top. Collingwood, 8-6-54, causing what you might describe as one of the biggest upsets already and we're only at round two defeating Hawthorne 4-2-26 two losses now 
for the Hawks, whilst Collingwood rebound after a pretty ordinary performance against the Southern Saints. Yeah, I was talking to Penny during the week, and um, you know, all she could really talk about was how many injuries that she was, you know, going through with her squad at the moment, and you know, oh, this key signing she's got injured now, this key signing she's got injured, and you know, and that's really what was, you know, Penny's biggest worry at the time. So, uh, for them to get up today and get up by quite, mm. quite a gap against Hawthorne, that's pretty awesome. And as you mentioned with Ashling Curling as well making her uh, Ashling Curling making her debut kicked a goal in that match as well on debut yeah, and she'll be one of the smallest Irish players that'll come over too. Um, so perhaps harder to tackle, maybe lighter on her feet, very fast. Final game that has completed today, the Northern Territory Thunder got over the line. It ended up being a fairly close result up at TIO Stadium in the Northern Territory. 7-4-46, the Thunder defeating the Southern Saints 4-8-32. So similar scoring shots. The Northern Territory Thunder just a little more accurate on the scoreboard. But it's good to see the Saints putting up a fight on the road. We know that the Saints beat them last year, but that was because of limited players that the NT were allowed to use to do a big argy-bargy between AFL Vic and AFL NT last year about how many Adelaide players should be allowed to play for NT. Uh, so the Saints used that opportunity that very week. But a good effort today up there in Darwin. NT Thunder, though, bang, bang, two wins back-to-back, looking like another year that they could be playing finals. Yeah, a very dangerous-looking outfit, that's for sure. And, of course, tomorrow, one final game to complete uh, round two of the VFLW season, and you'll hear it right here on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. It is Melbourne University going up against Darabin in the Pride game. And, yes, 2.30pm bounce down, 2 o'clock pregame, including Emma Carney joining us on the pregame at about 10 past two. Time to get our tips, who will win and by how much. Coach Kiwi, who wins today and by how much? I'm going to go Bulldogs by 12 points. Matthew Cox. My tips have been hopeless in the first few rounds, so I'm going to say Bulldogs, but I'm not going to give a margin. Bulldogs by 27 points for me. <laughs> Nikki Wallace won the toss for Williamstown, elected to kick to the grandstand, and we're just about underway. This is Saturday Night Football on RACN Carnival 2 Digital Radio via WARFradio.com at the ground at 89.1 FM and via the VFL app. The music's blaring, the crowd is pumped. More than 300 people here at Point Jellybrand, and to get us underway, here's Matthew Cox just waiting for the visuals. In fact, they've cancelled that, and we are underway here at Point Jellybrand. Downer Oval. Seabrook won the tap down for the Seagulls. There's already an infringement, and a free kick will go the way of the Western Bulldogs. Caitlin Betts with the ball in her hands. In the middle of the ground, goes straight up the corridor, looking for a marking target, cutting across, though, Rebecca Dardengo, who was impressive last week in the invitational game against the GWS Giants. The short kick to Porter is good. May have got a high tackle as she took the mark. Slow, steady build-up from the Seagulls early. I like it. Navarro takes it on the half volley. She's caught immediately. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Umpire to reset play just near the two circles. No score either side. Less than a minute gone in the first term. Tap out one on that occasion by McMahon. Went straight into a pack and the umpire said, all wrapped up, we'll call for another ball up. Upping her teammate off the ground there, Caitlin Betts, and we'll reset ourselves and go again. One out again by McMahon. Fighting in the contest there with Thompson. Again, heavy congestion around the footy. 
Barbara's trying to get the football out. Now came out the side for the Bulldogs, taken away by McKay. McKay wanted to go towards centre half forward, waiting at the back and turning around with a footy quick. Annabelle Scott kicked a dribbler inside 50 in front of the forward pocket near the scoreboard. Got it back to Annabelle Scott, who followed it up for the old one two. Now pulled the kick towards the top of the goal square. Mad foot race on. Huge scramble trying to get in there. It was Reed to try and hold it up. She does so successfully. And the umpire says, let's call for a ball up right in the goal square, five metres out, the Bulldogs attacking towards the city end. Approaching the two-minute mark of this opening term here at Downer Oval. Tap one down by the Bulldogs. They're immediately caught, winning it on that occasion, Michaelia Ward. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Early impressions from Lisa Kiwi-Roper. Yeah, it looks like uh, Bulldogs are dominating in the ruck a little bit. She's just got a little bit extra reach on the other ruck. So that could um, set up their midfield going forward too out of the contest. Hot footy. Milnikas at the bottom of the pack. He's all wrapped up and we'll get another ball up. Right on the edge of the goal square. City end of Downer Oval. Direction the Bulldogs are kicking to in this opening term. This ball should be rushed through for a minor score and is... Two and a half minutes gone. Opening term. Bulldogs one behind. Williamstown yet to score. You're on RSN Carnival 2. And they kick it back into play. Just dropping it there is Mullins, who went back for a second crack at the footy. Squeezed out momentarily. Williamson lurking nearby. Couldn't pick up the football. Umpire's blown the whistle and says, I'll ask for the football back, please, and we'll reset play. Looking around for someone to tangle with in the ruck is Sally Seabrook, and she wins the tat down for Williamstown. Heavy congestion with about 10 players around the footy as Seabrook went back in to get her own footy. And the umpire says, all locked up, we'll call for another ball up. Three minutes gone, first term. One behind the Bulldogs. Williamstown yet to score. Just near the 50-metre arc for the Doggies attacking the City end. But Seabrook won it down again, winning the tap-outs early. Umpire spotted some holding infringement off the footy. And it's going to go the way of the Bulldogs. Just pulling the kick there at the last second. Ferris worked it well. Hit up the target in Mary Sandrell. She's going to back herself from here. She'll be kicking from about 45 metres out. Not much of an angle to speak of. Not much of a breeze to speak of. Sandrell unloads. 45 out. Shanks the kick. Goes left. Falls short at the top of the goal square. Mad scramble on. Seabrook tries to jump in there. Supporting the cavalry from Pedersen. And the umpire says it's locked up. We'll call for a ball up. Lisa Kiwi Roper. Yeah, just looking at the way she dropped that, she uh, didn't really get hold of it very well, which uh, obviously she thinks she can kick that far, so um, just probably a bad, bad shot, really. Again, ball rushed, rushed through for another minor score for the Western Bulldogs. They're two behinds. Williamstown yet to score. Four gone. Opening term, RSN Carnival 2 on your digital radio. Ball still inside, attacking 50 for the Bulldogs. Hurry kick on the boot there from Bibby. He's still alive. Now we'll be rushed through for a minor score. Three behinds the Western Bulldogs. Williamstown yet to impact the scoreboard, yet to go inside attacking 50. Dardengo in the back pocket, broadcast side, kicks it out towards the halfback flank. Going to be collected here by the Western Bulldogs. So getting the handball away was Brown. And they'll pop it back inside attacking 50. There's a bit of a push. And a free kick will go the way of the Western Bulldogs. It's in Taylor Danuccio's hands. 40 metres out from goal, broadcast side. 
She elects to go to the top of the goal square, and in the end, it was a great decision. Bulldogs have a mark directly in front. Point-blank range, and this is Mary Sandrell with another shot for goal. Coach Kiwi. Yeah, look, uh, this is a bit closer, and... uh, Surely the wind that's coming across the side of the field won't impact this one. But uh, if she drops it straight, she'll be six. Mary Sandrell comes oh. in, and she did the exact opposite to what Kiwi was talking about she there. She needs to come to one of my kicking academies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, free advertising there for uh, Lisa Kiwi Roper. Four behinds the Western Bulldogs, leading Williamstown, who are yet to score, approaching six minutes in the opening term on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. Williamstown having real problems trying to come out of their back 50 at the moment, but now getting the football and trying to drop it on the boot. Just to read. It was smothered as it came off the boot, and it put it into traffic in the middle of the ground. couple of hand passes and a long kick inside 50. Sees the bouncing football. Just charging her way through on that occasion. Getting the hand pass over the top. Michaelia Ward. We said she was the impact player. Got it across towards the forward pocket. Ward had to go again. Brought down by two players on this occasion. And the umpire says, no prior opportunity. And will call for a ball up in the forward pocket. Ward using her size and strength. Umpire will take the footy back and throw it high in the air as we go again. Seabrook, couple of punches forward. Trying to work away on the footy there. Courtney Mullins, immediately harassed. Hand pass going backwards. Umpire blows the whistle. Now, did he judge a throw or was there some holding off the contest? Umpire says that's a free kick because she threw the football and it'll be going Weemstown's way. Dardengo with the football at the halfback flank. Dardengo decides to go short, put it into trouble in the corridor. Tessiari was just at her feet, couldn't quite pick it up going in there. Gabalus and the umpire rushes in, signals for free kick. Ali, Sap- uh, pardon me, Ali Gavilus with the footy. Four to centre. Gets on the right. Puts it inside 50. Oh, is it higher or mark? Either way, the umpire says it will be a Bulldogs kick. And this will be from 35 metres out on a slight angle. And lining up for it is number 45, which we don't have our list. We'll be scooting for that very quickly. As Coach Kiwi, your thoughts? Yeah, I did notice... Um Moana Hope started down at full forward and she's already pushed um, higher up the field, so perhaps trying to inject herself a little bit. Um, but yeah, Williamstown just struggling to bring that ball up to their forward 50, so, um, you know, perhaps some talent they're not making use of yet. Minor score for the Bulldogs, and nice to see Hope in the long sleeves. Don't see too many of them out on the park anymore. A traditional footy strip as the ball is wrapped up half back flank now for the Seagulls. Is it Duffin's old jersey? She was a long sleever. She was too, yes. Can't remember her number. Just having a look. I don't know whether that's the right blue. Here she is, Moana Hope. First touch for Williamstown in her debut this evening. There's a handball. Not to the Seagulls' advantage, though, and they get pinged for holding the footy. No, they'll get the reward. Free kick going their way. Half-back flank outer side of Downer Oval. Short little chip kick inboard is OK. Megan Williamson takes the mark. Still on the half-back flank. Kick inboard is good. Mark taken by Stratford. Middle, middle of Downer Oval. Wants to play on quickly. 
presenting for the footy is Crawford, but it just bounced past her, and the Bulldogs have a chance to reload off half-back. Tracking the ball, but unable to take it cleanly on that occasion was Danuccio. Opens the door now for the Seagulls, who are running down the broadcast wing. Newman couldn't take it cleanly. Tries to apply the bump. Ball dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. Half-forward flank broadcast side for the Seagulls. The first time they've come forward of centre Kiwi. Yeah, no, I can see them. It's great. No, really, um, <laughs> that kick through the middle to Crawford, she did a lot of work to create their separation. Then they just hit it up to her shins. you, you just got to send some better balls down for them. We should say that earlier shot on goal, which missed from the number 45, is Danielle Marshall for the Arizona Hawks. There was a jumper change. Oh. So she was listed originally as the 26, but is wearing the 45 tonight. I was looking madly through the list going, their squad list don't show a 45. But we have got it confirmed. Now here's the kick from the Seagulls. Long. Moana hope at the back of the pack, but cutting off at the front. Bonnie, too good. Ironically, she was. And too good. Goes towards the back pocket. Wants it back with the old one-two. Teaming up on that occasion with Hayley Wilds. Too good. In defence. Pulls the kick. Goes short. And on this occasion, spotting up. Tessariari goes towards the half-back flank. Far side of the ground. Looks like it's Rudin with the football for the Doggies. Working towards the Morris Street side. Cut off, though. Taking a mark, Danica Pedersen. Pedersen for the Seagulls. Her side down by five points. Ten minutes gone. First term on RSN Carnival 2. Now going long. Moana Hope went flying at the last minute. Couldn't get there. Tessariari had the front spot. Got it knocked across to Wilds. Wilds now drove up the line. Quick spot from behind. Sees it close towards the boundary line. Hurry kick will go over and out. Almost end up in the bar, in fact. And that'll be a free kick to the Western Bulldogs. Match analyst, Coach Kiwi, Lisa Raper. Yeah, look, the Bulldogs look very, very organised at the back. And you can see um, Too Good really moving the pack around and telling players where to go, where to lead, and um, and keeping them all accountable. And so the clearance has been quite good up to about halfway out the field where Williamstown cut them off. Ball went towards the centre wing on the broadcast side. Dardengo got shoved off the footy. Bulldogs still with possession of the ball. Centre wing out of side. It ended up in the hands of Gavallis, who goes towards the half-forward flank. Still on the outer side. Williamstown half-back flank is able to hold up well. Dixon over the top of the footy. The umpire said she got a shove in the back. And we'll get a free kick. Half-back flank on the outer side. Dixon goes wide with the kick. It's okay. The one inboard wasn't great. Mark taken here by Bibby. For the Western Bulldogs on the centre wing. Looks inboard with the handball. Gets it to two good in the middle of downer oval. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick to no real advantage. Ball bobbling around. A little hard for anyone to trap in. Spills free. Inside attacking 50 for the Bulldogs. Dardengo hovering over the top applying pressure. Ball squeezed out there to Crundle. The flying shot lands in the goal square, turning around, kicking the goal, McKaylee Award. Match analyst, Coach Kiwi. Yeah, look, she did well to get free early on then, and um, and that ball from Too Good in um, didn't quite go to hand, but they did enough to then carry on and, and move it in, and Michaela snuck out the back, and um, yeah, some good play, good play by the Bulldogs. That's Lisa Kiwi Roper, legend of Sydney women's football, Coxie. I'm not a legend of anything. It was a good passage of play. That though, was from a special the, comment. <laughs> that, the, the, uh, the ball inside 50, as you said, uh, Ward getting out the back and able to put it through. It's the first goal of the night, which 
Uh, I would have assumed the Bulldogs should have been a little further in front. They've had their opportunities. Poor kicking has let them down early. Umpire with the ball back in the middle of the ground here at Dana Oval. Underlights on RSN Carnival 2. Here's the tap. They try and slap it forward using the agency of Erin Mead on this occasion. Ran into heavy traffic, but she managed to bust through. Kicks it now inside 50, leading out to take a beautiful mark, Isabel Porter. Porter has the football, 45 metres out from home, looking for the goal square, sees Moana Hope on the lead, goes in that direction, too good running with her, ball got out the back door, here's a snap, but punching it through at the crucial moment, Ashley Gunn sees it through for the minor score, Williamstown's first score of the evening, they move to one behind, the Bulldogs are 1-5-11, 13 minutes gone, first turn. RSN Carnival 2 on your digital radio and WARFradio.com, that ball hasn't touched anyone. Free kick going the way of the Seagulls, who have started this game with plenty of intent. 13 and a half gone in the opening term. The kick into the pocket. They needed to talk there. Williamstown, Crawford got her hands on the footy. Hurry, snap. Well, unfortunately, go on the full. Now, the boundary umpire indicated out of bounds. The goal umpire indicated out on the full. I saw that beautifully, and that bounced before the line. That bounced. So the mark taken in the back pocket now by the Western Bulldogs. As a result, Ashley Gunn up against the fence. A wobbly kick on the boot. Going to go straight down the throat of the Seagulls at half forward, and taking the mark is Gemma Anderson. Right on the 50-metre arc. She decides to pop it up. Mo Hope sitting underneath it. Was double-teamed. Ball to ground. Bulldogs under pressure. Apply the tackle to cause the stoppage. The umpire says, give it to me, old ball. And up 20 metres out from goal. Yeah, look, you know, um, Mo Hope's not the tallest player um, in this lineup or in any lineup, And it looks like they're trying to put it up on her head. And, you know, she's, she's being double-teamed. And that's... Pretty pretty tough ask for for any player unless you're six foot five. Hurry snap out of the pack by the dogs goes through. Uh, pardon me for Weemstown goes through for one behind. They move to two behind. Western Bulldogs one five eleven. Early indications. I know they've still got a long way to go in the season. And you're going to change your setups, but my gut feeling early on is a little too Mo Hope centric. There isn't the alternative lead on. Yeah, because I think Croft has been busy in this forward fifty, and you know perhaps her and Newman's up here. It could, you know, use the other players around if, um, you know, obviously there's a spare player if two of them are getting on, on to hope. Too good, went for the back pocket, then got it up the line, only for it to be stopped by the, the Seagulls, 65 metres out from their home goal. And the umpire actually hasn't adjudged holding the ball on this occasion. So not a ball up, holding the ball, going to Sarah Jolly. And something's happened behind play that the umpire spotted and awarded a downfield free kick. So that's going to be a 50-metre penalty. Rushing down quickly to make sure that they don't get advantage Erin Mead. And Sarah Jolly from Gippsland has the footy. Very close to the player on the mark. Swings it around to her right, though. Right forward pocket taking the mark. Courtney Mullins. She's about 55 metres out from home. Bay side of the ground. Pops it up towards the top of the goal square. Came off hands. Hurried snap around the corner. Courtesy of Mary Sandrell. She might struggle on the set shot, but no problems with the snap. 2-5-17, the Bulldogs. Weemstown two behind. 16 minutes gone first turn. RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio. Matthew Cox. Yeah, she finally got one through the big sticks, didn't she, Kiwi? She 
He's had a couple of shots from the set shot earlier in the quarter and was unable to put it through. That one, though, squeezed home. Well, I think she kicked on the same angle she kicked the others, only her body was uh, facing towards the ocean. The spirit of Tasmania that's just uh, left Station Pier <laughs> so, and um, sailed so out into the bay. That's what she needs to do, just turn the shoulders out to the to the water and uh, still swing your leg around. But, yeah, that was a great goal, and it came from you know the really quick free kick. She popped it out to the girl's advantage on the wing there who moved it in, and, um, you know, and that's good play. That's, uh, you know. Encouraging signs, too, from the Seagulls early been able to hold control of play. Obviously the scoreboard is of the advantage of the Western Bulldogs who could have been further in front. Crowds build up to about 450 to 500. And they're in your lap at the moment, Pete, too. They're enjoying your uh, commentary. You seem to go up an octave every time you (laughs) capture the grandstand. Here at Point Jellybrand. Ball in the middle. Secondary ball up. Tap one down by the Western Bulldogs. McMahon doing the ruck work on that occasion. Going nowhere. Umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. This is more apt on a Saturday night, the old 3WBC motto that we used to have. The more you drink, the better we sound. As it's quickly <laughs> tapped away on this occasion by McMahon. Put it into heavy traffic and the umpire says, a push in the back and it will be a Western Bulldogs free kick. And getting up there, it looks like it might be Katie... No, rather it's uh, Naomi Ferris, pardon me on the far side of the ground. Now kicks it out towards the Morris Street wing. Picking up there, Tessariari. Goes towards the half-forward flank position. Came off hands. Coming in, though, to lay the tackle as Sarah Jolly holds up play and the umpire says no opportunity and we'll reset ourselves. Western Bulldogs 2-5-17. Williamstown 2 behinds. 18 minutes gone first term. You're on RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio. WARFradio.com and 89.1 FM if you put your pocket radio with you to the ground for our little FM transmitter. As the umpire says, there will be a free kick being awarded here to the Seagulls. Furthest from our commentary position, thank you, as they'll go on the right boot and go up the line. Was looking for Porter, went over her head and out of bounds on the full. That will result in a Western Bulldogs free kick. Match analyst is Lisa, coach Kiwi Roper. Yeah, this is, um, you know, we had some really early tight congested play in the Ford 50 for the Bulldogs and now it seems to spread out quite a bit so um, you know there's some, there's some good good work getting the ball around the field now Two goods kick back into play it's up to Sari, still centre wing on the outer side. Her kick's good too. Brown takes the mark at half forward for the Western Bulldogs. Building along the outer side. High ball inside, attacking 50. Pat collides, no one able to take the mark. Ball to ground, tackle laid on by Melnickus. Ball squeezes out. We've got a whistle. The umpire says, going nowhere. I'll ball it up. Inside 50 for the Bulldogs. They lead 2-5-17. Williamstown two behinds. Under a minute left on the clock in this opening term. Round two, Swiss Wellness VFL women's action. And we'll get another stoppage inside attacking 50 with 30 seconds left on the clock, Pete. We'll see if we can break it open here. The umpire sets himself, throws the ball in the air. On the deck, Marshall upended. Play on the call. Fell over the player there in Malnickus. Seagulls quickly get it out of defence. Their 50 metre arc, a flood of Bulldogs waiting back there, including Bonnie Too Good to pick it up off the ground. Too Good got rid of one tackle, quickly put it on the right boot, set to a dangerous hot spot. Jolly! Oh, not paid the mark, and the siren sounds. Well, I'm not quite sure where that was touching that piece of play, but the umpire, because it did travel a good 40 metres, the umpire not paying that mark. 
Must have been just a slight fingertipper before it got to Jolly. Yeah, um, tough, tough call. I thought she uh, did particularly well in um, in the bodywork of that contest to um, create some space to put her hands on the ball. My only concern was if the mark wasn't being paid was, oh, was there a slight push there, did they judge? Because there was some hands there, not in the back, I thought more on the side, but I thought it was the umpire called push here. And for the be play on, it was like, well, that's interesting. Hashtag practical umpiring. Oh, not again. Yeah. So unless, because uh, when Bonnie kicked it, there was a girl right on her, so whether they thought it um, yeah. got touched, touched off the boot. Yeah. So we see the score at quarter time as the Western Bulldogs 2-5-17, leading Williamstown just the two behind. Coxie, what are the goal kickers looking like at quarter time? Macalia Ward kicked the first for the Western Bulldogs, and then Mary Sandrell, who has, I think's kicked one goal three. Uh, in that opening term. Uh, they're our only goal kickers so far for the evening here at Point Jellybrand down at Oval. Coach Kiwi, some of the better players standing out to you at quarter time. Um, yeah, definitely Bonnie is, is dominating and um, she's playing in the back line, but she's pushing up the field quite a bit. And at one point there, um, you know, she got some space and ran down the wing and, you know, that last long kick-in was from her. And, and that's just huge work rate. Mm. And that's what we want from experienced players is that kind of dominance... Get back and be accountable when the ball comes down this end, but move forward and um, continue to bring the ball forward when needed. Is it just me, but compared to, say, um, two years ago in the AFLW, looking at Bonnie too good now, is she looking more athletic, more toned? She was more, I'd say, curvaceous uh, build a couple of years ago. Now she's looked like she's put on a little bit more muscle, but toned at the same time. Yeah, probably she's, um, you know, no doubt been much more managed in the program yeah, since yeah. being drafted. So um, most most clubs will have a dietitian on board and they will look at, you know, what you need to do, whether it's, you know, yeah. to trim the fat or build some muscle or, yeah. um, you know... She, what, she, what you to, to me, she's looking, because of that, she's looking slightly more explosive. Yeah, I think she's looking very fast tonight. And, yeah. you know, and, and obviously this is, you know, she's been put to good work out there. And, yeah. um, you know, she's double teaming with Tassari on my hope when the ball comes down this end and then she's able to attack away. So um, and she's very mobile. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here at quarter time. RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio via the VFL app and WARFradio.com. It's the Western Bulldogs 2517 leading Williamstown two behinds. We'll be back in a moment. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. Your club, Craigie Burns Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burns' best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burns Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jaco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jaco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jaco. Bayswater Jaco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjaco.com.au. 
The Carnival of Colour is coming. The Great Northern Darwin Cup Carnival, July 6 to Cup Day, August 5. Eight amazing days of racing in the Territory's biggest social and sporting event of the year. Experience heart-pounding action in the top end. See darwinturfclub.org.au. Get back to work. But I am working. What, your latest Instagram post? I'm lodging a free doll before you dig inquiry online. Visit 1100.com.au to use this free service or call 1100 during business hours. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley's slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. RSN Carnival 2. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. This is the VFL Women's Match of the Night here on RSN Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL app where it is a comfortable lead amongst the Western Bulldogs over Weemstown 2-5-17 to just the two behind in a rare situation where, of course, uh, it was election day today, it might be one of those weird scenarios where we start a broadcast with one Prime Minister and could end the broadcast with another Prime Minister. Always hope. What's that? <laughs> that changes every, every well, six yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you missed it tonight, join us again in September. <laughs> Except uh, that time we don't vote. Yeah, yeah, bull, yes, It's actually yes. quite easier, actually, if they just sort yeah. it out themselves... Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Rock, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's, like, it's okay. So we don't like it. You blokes sort it out, and then uh, we'll, we'll judge you in six months. Come back again. Save, save the trees. All that paper that's wasted today. Yeah, and the pencils. Yeah, but what oh, about yeah. all the schools making money on the barbecues? Well, that's true. I want to put them out of business. I want to address the national tragedy that the fact there is no sausage sizzles at prepol. I, I want to know whether they did it the Bunnings way or the traditional way with the onion oh, and the sausage. Oh, yes. I vote one for onions on top. Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's un-Australian to have the onions on the bottom. It's just not right. No. It's not right. Do you put the onions on the bottom of a hamburger? You know, you put them on top of the burger. Same with a sausage. Hang on, we'll go to the third umpire here, <laughs> uh, Kiwi. Yeah, onions on top, yep. Yeah, good. Thank you very it's much. The world. You can stay. I think it's, <laughs> it's around the world. We won't call immigration. It's all good. Anyway, we're just about ready to get underway. We don't, here. Vote, we don't but know. I can eat a sausage. We, d- we don't know who to call now. Oh. Sort of the election. Ouch! Very true. Very true. Ready to get underway here. This is Saturday night football. We're about to begin the second quarter. Before we lose our marbles, here's Matthew Cox. Oh, I lost them three hours ago when we finished the broadcast at Bunt Road. As you would have heard earlier today, GWS winning their second invitational game against the Tigers. And Geelong getting over Essendon in our broadcast matches so far today. Here at Williamstown, it's the Bulldogs on top early. And getting pinged for holding the footy there was Eliza Stratford in the middle of Downer Oval. Bulldogs have the free kick and they'll work it to the outer side. Crashing the contest there was Ferris. Ball came off hands. There were a few seagulls hovering around that footy, but a little reluctant to go in for it. The umpire eventually saying, give it to me, I will uh, ball it up. Unverified, but just on Twitter, I couldn't help but look. Someone just tweeted that I know saying, Sky News has called that Tony Abbott has lost Baringa. 
That's all I'll say. Yeah, as the I'm ball off is... to the bar. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got to go to work after this. The umpire says we'll call for another ball up on the centre wing, Morris Street side of the ground. Throws it high in the air. Seabrook going up again in the contest. On occasion by McMahon, close towards the boundary line, who will get shuffled over. Mo Hope, if I'm correct. I see long sleeves. You are correct, Pope. And she's on the ball. That's that's why I just had to pause there for a moment going, that far up the ground? Indeed. So Mo Hope on the ball at the moment. And the umpire has had a chat with his boundary umpire and said it was a last disposal over the boundary line. Interesting decision going long. Straight through the hands there of Anderson, who couldn't hold on to the football. Pack quickly emerges, though. 65 out from the dog's goal. Coming in to lay a tackle there is just Crundle. And we'll reset ourselves for yet another ball up. So scrappy football to begin this second term. Iman won the tap out. Ball bobbled around. Seabrook couldn't hold on to it. Hurry, little kick out of the pack to Ciari. Got one in the back. The umpire said free kick. Going the way of the doggies. Giving it, in fact, to Danuccio. And Taylor Danuccio, of course, built her way up through a career with the Spurs. Spurs with the alignment with the Bulldogs. Danuccio tries to take on the player on the mark. Oh, it was ambitious to say the least. And Jacinta Reed said, you shall not pass. And she gets a free kick for Williamstown at the halfback flank. Coach Kiwi. Yeah, I really don't know what she was thinking. There was just there was just no reason to take her on. And she didn't take her on at full speed or with full commitment. She uh, just hesitated left, hesitated right, hesitated left, and good night. Ball wrapped up, centre wing out of side. As we get another throw up. Ball to ground. Seagulls just paddling it in front of themselves. Laying on the tackle. Gemma Anderson coming in trying to extract it. The umpire says give it to me. I'll ball it up. One thing we haven't touched on tonight. The Bulldogs wearing slightly different guernseys to what they normally wear. It's a white jumper with the red and blue stripes. With the Bulldog image emblazoned across the front of it. And the stripes are a little on the diagonal. Is it a bit of a uh, retro design for Bulldogs? Slightly. It's all wrapped up. Maybe it's their night one, you know, lots a of white. A bit of a clash jumper. other really easily. It's making the uh, numbers easier to read on the Guernseys, that's for sure, as Seagulls are again caught coming out of the stoppage, and we should get a third ball up. Still centre wing on the outer side. 2 5 17, the Bulldogs leading Williamstown two behinds. Travelled three and a half minutes so far in this second term on RSN Carnival 2. Emerging Brown. The kick towards centre half. Forward out in front. A number 40 running around out there for the Bulldogs. The kick comes out wide for the Seagulls. Bouncing ball. Bibby on the centre wing broadcast side. Gives the handball off quickly to Too Good, who gets it to Brown, who's kicked it around her body towards the half forward flank on the broadcast side. Ball off hands to the deck. Seagulls under pressure right in front of our broadcast position. Mel Nickus able to get the handball away to Mead. A hurry kick on the boot towards the centre wing. Not fantastic. Mo Hope scrapping in for it. Unable to extract it. The umpire hovering. Letting it go. Eventually coming away from it is Ferris. She's brought down. Umpire says give it to me. I'll ball it up. Change of jumper, Jesse Davies was wearing the 29, now wearing the 40 as the umpire resets play on centre wing. 
McMahon and Seabrook both jumped for it. Both missed it. Seabrook did the follow-up work to try and lay a tackle. Umpire said no for opportunity. We'll call for a ball up. Still 2-5-17, the Bulldogs. Weemstown two behinds. Four and a half minutes gone, second term. McMahon wins the tap. Almost in the back of Newman. Squeezed out the side here. Malnickus tries to drive forward. Over the head of Moana Hope, who led out from half-forward flank. Got out the back for two good. Could control it. Went to ground. Moana Hope now three on one. Was the piggy in the middle, couldn't quite pick it up. Ball squeezed out to the side. Too good. Close towards the boundary line. Around the corner, Jesse Davies. That kick almost ended up in Port Phillip Bay, and I'm not even joking. That That was off the side of the boot wildly. If the wind wasn't blowing off Port Phillip Bay, that would have gone through the heads for a goal. (laughs) Down at Barwon Heads, it would have been a great goal, but uh, (laughs) unfortunately we're down at Oval in Williamstown, and that means it's a free kick to Solomon here for... Williamstown and a 50 metre penalty by the look of it and if I just actually put the goggles on there, it looks like Shani Whiting in fact who of course was a late inclusion for that game against the GWS Giants last week so I was impressed there to earn a jumper here tonight Shani Whiting has been put on a tight angle, 45 degree angle, kicking from about 15 metres out, so not an easy kick particularly for a right footer to reduce the margin to nine points. Shardy Whiting to the city end and gets it. <laughs> Williamstown crowd's happy. They go to one, two, eight. The Western Bulldogs, two, five, 17. Six minutes gone in the second term. RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio. Here's our match analyst, Coach Kiwi. Yeah, like, um, I'm not sure who kicked that ball off to Tassie, but um, that was really a turning point just then was, you know, it uh, the free kick resulted in the 50-metre penalty and um, put that put what was going to be really a nothing ball in to a uh, scoring opportunity and um, six points on the board for Seagulls. They're only trailing by nine points at the moment. And they showed, like, in the first quarter when they brought the ball down that they play with some intensity and they did some good stuff. They just didn't get the points and they're just going to be more accountable for that in the forward line. Seabrook in the middle trying to paddle it forward again for Williamstown. They're brought down on this occasion by Ferris. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Just on the edge of the cricket pitch area here at Downer Oval, Point Jellybrand. Looking magnificent under lights and the city backdrop. As the Bulldogs were trying to run away with it, they'll get a free kick for being held. Gavalis is the player with the ball in her hands. Virtually on centre-half back, it's a ball. It was risky. Sitting underneath, it was Thompson just over her head. There's a bit of holding going on, and another free kick will go the way of the Western Bulldogs. Attacking side of the wing position. The Bulldogs, long ball, spiralling ball, clears the pack, racing towards the boundary line. The Seagulls will be happy to see it over and out of play. We'll throw it in. With bounce, that 70-metre kick then, kicked by Danny Marshall of the Arizona Hawks. Their torpy sort of one. Mm. Not a bad effort. With the tailwind. Ball thrown back into play, deep inside the Bulldogs forward line. She played uh, soccer on college scholarship and played a year of rugby as well back in 2017. Umpire blows the whistle, calls for a ball up, and we'll do it again. On the bottom of the pack was Naomi Ferris. Umpire throws the ball high in the air. 
Winning it on that occasion. Marshall actually doing the ruck work. Seabrook there. Trying to soccer it off the ground momentarily. Gavilis. Seabrook chased up her own kick. Pack quickly forms the tackle laid on by Anderson. And we'll call for yet another ball up. We're 40 metres out from the Bulldogs goal. They're going towards the grandstand end here at Downer Oval. Otherwise known as Point Jellybrand. Marshall won the contest for the Bulldogs. Being wrapped up there is Solomon. And the umpire again will try and reset play. Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. You're on RSN Carnival 2 on your digital radio, WARFradio.com. And also tonight on the VFL app. For this round two encounter between the Williamstown Seagulls and Western Bulldogs. Reminder at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Wolf Radio brings you the Melbourne University Muggers up against the Darabin Falcons in the Pride game. Ball to ground, Bulldogs almost running away with it, sliding in Gemma Anderson, just pushing the ball towards the boundary line. It's a heap of players floating around the footy. It should be called. It's very congested, very tight, very stagnant in the opening nine minutes of this term. In fact, we're about to hit the ten-minute mark. Yeah, Seagulls did that the first quarter too. They just um, tend to throw almost everyone behind the ball. Umpire throws the ball up. Both rucks missed it on that occasion. That was uh, Brown going in the contest versus Seabrook. And Brown got a hurry kick away. Very close to the boundary line. Will go over and out. Seen over by McAloon. And the umpire says it will be a free kick to her because it was a Wimstown kick that obviously went over the boundary line in the last disposal rule. McAloon will now kick it long. Marshall had it momentarily, then dropped it. Tried to give up a little hand pass in the corridor. And now, did that go out in the full? That's what Wimstown are appealing for. The umpire said no, it bounced, and then went over. Annabelle Scott seeing it over for the Bulldogs. So we're around 15 metres across from the right-hand point post as the ball will come back into play. And it looks like, again, it's going to be Marshall versus Seabrook in this contest spinning back into play. Seabrook front position. Marshall from behind. Now trying to take it there is the player in Malnickus and the umpire said she was unfairly dealt with and that will be a free kick for the Seagulls. Malnickus looks to bring it towards the broadcast side for the Seagulls. Has a couple of options. Thompson is the one that takes the mark. Back pocket broadcast side for Williamstown. A risky kick towards centre half back. Came off hands. Unable to grab it there. Malnickus following up her work from earlier. Bulldogs now with possession of the footy. Gavallis goes inside attacking 50. Not the greatest of kicks. It comes straight back to Winter came. Ball on the deck or a couple of Seagulls players going for the player on that occasion rather than the footy. Eventually squeezed out from Pedersen. Hurry kick on the boot from Dixon towards the centre wing. Cut off. Bulldogs take the intercept mark and it's going to come straight back. That time it was from Jolly. Ball on the wing. Extracted now from Dixon. Mo Hope has the ball in her hands. Fends off two tackles. Quick kick around the body is perfect. Mark taken. Attacking side of the broadcast wing by Porter. Wants to move it quickly towards the flank. A lot of Bulldogs jumpers around the footy and they're able to get a kick back up towards the wing position. Taking the mark here, Caitlin Betts. And Betts very close towards the boundary line. Mark taken for the Doggies just in front of the interchange gates. Mohot stands the mark. The umpire gives the play on call. 
Swings it around inside. Beverly on the chest there of Sandral. She's about 65 metres out from home. Sandral pumps it long. Marshall from behind did the spoiling whip because Seabrook was in front. Marshall gave up the hand pass beautifully to Gavilis. Gavilis pumped it long towards the goal square, but it went across the right-hand side. And an easy mark in the back pocket taken by Sophie Barbas. And Barbas tries to come out of defence. Oh, it was picked off easily by Annabelle Scott. Scott with a footy for the doggies. 45 metres out. Has a lead on in the pocket. The kick wasn't great. Got away from McCallie Award. One bounce. The ball went over the boundary line and out of play. Match analyst, Coach Kiwi. It's Lisa Roper. If we're talking about Marshall, you've got to admire for her work rate. She led about 30 metres out for that ball coming down the wing. Wasn't going to get it, so turned to head back in. Uh, the 39 who uh, took the mark, if she had wheeled around faster, Marshall got free and she was out the back of her opponent. So uh, a little bit better if it had been, you know, kicked her advantage would have... Uh, would have made a better, better opportunity there. Guess who just did the ruck work, palmed it down and then followed up with a tackle. Danielle Marshall again. Almost getting a kick away was Danuccio point blank range. She got dragged down. A free kick will go the way of the Seagulls on the last line of defence. Grandstand end of Downer Oval. The Seagulls come towards the broadcast side. Thompson did well in the contest. Ball off hands. The umpire is saying there's a bit of holding going on. And it will go the way of the Western Bulldogs. Right underneath us. Here at Downer Oval. Trundle. Yep. So we've only seen half a game so far, but you can kind of see why they've put Marshall into this side straight off. So. An exciting prospect, that's for sure. Especially when she can do her ruck work and then follow up with a tackle. It's almost like oh, having a rover on the ball. Is. She has, but it was targed. Oh. Umpire calls play on. She lost control of the footy. Seagulls put a handball into vacant space. And the soccer off the ground coming there from Crundle. Dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. We, we talk about in the past the big thing about Americans was that they didn't quite know the positioning work there. Unlucky was touched, but she weaved her way through six players to get to that ball. Yeah, and it was only touched right as it went into her hands too. So, um, you know, she she almost won that uh, contest. Marshall, another tap. That fortunate tap gets across to Galvez, who has a shot at goal. Oh, it's dropped on the last line here by the Seagulls' defence. A hurried panic oh. hit by Barbers. Oh, guess, guess who? <laughs> Danielle Marshall. So here's the 17-metre punt come to action, right? Okie dokie. Let's see how she goes. Danny Marshall from the Arizona Hawks went to college at the Colorado School of Mines. Comes in. Has a stab at it. Does it get there? Just falls short on the last line of defence. Seagulls defenders are there and they'll rush it through for a minor score. 2-6-18 the Western Bulldogs. Williamstown 1-2-8. 15 and a half and it's gone second term on RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio. Yeah, I'd say uh, get her out kicking a tennis ball. The way she was holding that sort of really limited some of the distance when um, when you start to drop it to your foot, you lose that range going through. And I think, you know, that's the difference with that one falling short compared to the other one on the wing where she held the ball a little higher. Thompson's kick back into play, hit a contest and then dribbled over the line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Forward pocket for the Western Bulldogs on the outer side. Marshall again in this contest. Palms the ball down. Bulldogs working it beautifully. Hurry kick on the boot. Will go over the boundary line and out of play. There's, um, there's some versatility in her ruck work. That, um, that one was over the back 
same shoulder rather than off on an angle. So, um, yeah, it's another skill in itself. Chris Giurgle, that uh, ball coming from to go over the boundary line and out of play. So we're throwing it in. Virtually next to the behind post. Of course, the boundary umpires come in 10 metres. Over the top of the footy, Anderson got shoved off it. The umpire should have uh, no choice here uh, but to come in. And that's why I'm excited. I mean, if we talk about... And everyone gave Aaron Hall big raps. Aaron Hall was a very readable ruck. It was, she had the height, but she swiped left all the time. And the opposition used to always mention that. Marshall, being an American, in just a second year of playing footy, has got that versatility in the ruck. It's frightening. And uh, she's laying the tackle on here again after doing the ruck work. I used to always say that Katie Clapp was one of the best from uh, the USA running around. I think Marshall's going to exceed her, and I've only just seen a quarter. I'm not joking. Katie Clapp's not going to be happy with you. Anderson (laughs) tracking the ball again for the Seagulls. Just patted it out. Not to their advantage. Over the top of the footy, Ward. Seagulls still emerge with it. Hurry kick me. Didn't really go anywhere. Ball... Bobbling around in the middle of Downer Oval. Good crunching tackle laid on by the Seagulls. Tackle laid on Naomi Ferris. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Tackle being laid on by Emily Crawford. As one up in that contest by McMahon, now doing the rack work for the Doggies. Trying to come through the middle. Shook off one tackle. Got caught in the second. Williamson. And the umpire says, you've been caught on this occasion by Naomi Ferris. And that will be a free kick going the way of the Western Bulldogs. Ferris in the middle of the ground here. Looking towards the grandstand side. Wants something to go to. Just pops it up high. Hopes for the best. McCallie Award out the back. Had one hand on it. Dropped out the back. Caught there by Thompson. Got it across to a teammate who kicked it out towards the wing position. Defensive side of wing, Isabel Porter. Porter now tries to link up. One, two, bites to the cherry. Umpire's going to pay the mark. And it's taken by the 23 in Annabelle Shannon. Shannon still on centre wing with a minute and a half remaining in the half. Umpire says 50 metre penalty. Going up the ground, penalising the Bulldogs player. I think it might have been Ashley Gunn for uh, stepping over the mark. So, Kiwi, a chance here for Williamstown to get a goal or really bring it back before the break. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's taken them a while to get it up to that end of the field, and they've been working really hard around the contest. If they can get a little bit of reward here, we'll um, keep them in the game. Shannon's kick, not great. Ferris standing in the hole, takes the mark. Under a minute left on the clock in this second term. Bulldogs flick it wide. Hayley Wilds takes the mark. Puts the handball quickly. Chris Giurgle up against the boundary line. Kicks it towards the wing position. It's a scrum on. Williamstown emerge with the footy. Great endeavour and great reward there for Jacinta Reed. Pops it up towards the half forward flank on the outer side. Racing away from the pack is Porter. Got brought down and the umpire said she threw it away. Free kick will go the way of the Bulldogs. Not only throwing away the ball there, but an opportunity to score for the Seagulls as the Bulldogs retreat defensively to the top of the goal square. Yeah, they're just playing around with the footy at the moment. Kick's not going the distance, and the Seagulls lay on a great tackle. Will it be rewarded? The umpire says no. And the siren sounds to conclude the opening half 
here at Downer Oval in Williamstown. 2-6-18, the Western Bulldogs leading Williamstown 1-2-8 with her thoughts on the first half is Lisa Kiwi-Roper. Yeah, Williamstown took it down and they uh, probably didn't make too much of it and uh, that turnover, Bulldogs had all the space around and probably should have done a little bit better with it, but as soon as they dropped it, just like a chip on the beach, the Seagulls came in in numbers, so... Um yeah, that makes a difference when you got a pack around you. Come on. Someone had to say it. <laughs> Dare I say, 10 points the margin maybe flatters Williamstown, considering the amount of ball that the Bulldogs had in their forward 50. It feels like it should be a four-goal game. But having said that, Bulldogs' forward line aren't functioning at all. They're mm. putting it inside 50. And there's just, there's no sense of cohesion. No one knows where anyone's going. It's hurried, it's rushed. They're getting the ball in, but once it's there, they're lost. They don't know what to do with it, which is helping Williamstown able to rebound out of half back. Yeah, well, the only score they've had, I think, was some rush behind. So, um, you know, they've got to make better effort of those shots. And some of them are just blazing away. They've. Um Gavalis, who had the hook shot, she should have, you know, she was in space. And whether they're not talking to her or she didn't realise how much time she had, she should have turned her hips a bit better at the goal instead of kicking it out on, over the boundary. They, they didn't have as a setup for quite a bit of that quarter like they did in the first quarter when they had Michaelia Ward teamed up with Mary Sandrell. You had two leads then on offer and that gave them something to work towards and that made them look more dangerous compared to when they were both off the ground, it was just bomb for the top of the square and hope for the best. Um, a, a bit similar to when we talked about Williamstown, particularly in that first quarter, we felt Williamstown were a bit too Mo-hoped focused. It makes me flash back to when Mo was playing at the St Kilda Sharks. Uh, when they made the decision to move McWilliams to half-back and they had Garner at centre-half forward, Hope at full forward, and they'd have someone like a Brittany Benici lurking around in the pocket, and something like that meant you had two leads to go to, Hope or Garner, which was harder to defend, and if you couldn't get any of those, if they came forward enough, it creates space out in the back pocket where you could get Benici to run around the back. And albeit this is only the first game with Mo Hope at full forward for Williamstown. Williamstown's got a, and Amy Catterall's got to sit down and figure out a plan of who's going to be our second forward, who's capable of being that bigger body, and who are we going to use as the player that can whip around the side to get it when it gets out the back. I also thought it was fairly smart coaching from Amy Catterall. We saw in that opening term they were going to Mo Hope. Anytime they got the yeah. ball forward, which was rare, yeah. they were looking in her direction. In that second term, she was playing high up the ground and more of a half-forward wing sort of role, which I thought was great. Remove her from the equation, get her hands on the footy to get her confidence up as well, but at the same time, reducing the focus. Obviously, everyone knows what she can do inside yeah, 50, yeah. so maybe it's just releasing the mentality of the Williamstown Seagulls side by withdrawing her from that situation and having her play an impact around the ball. Yeah, plus, uh, well, she's been double-teamed by Tassari and too good, so yeah. um, pushing her higher at the field makes it harder for, for anyone to double team her and it would expose them as well. If you pull them out of their back line yeah. then it creates uh, other opportunities around. Because they're down on quality mids they have to use someone like an Alicia Newman in the middle. If they had a stronger midfield, Alicia Newman is the player that you use at the half forward flank and on the forward pocket and she's perfect in that situation of right Mo comes up the ground. If you don't acknowledge Mo on the lead you go over Mo out the back door and that's when someone like Newman has got the acceleration to go right bang, I'm going to run onto this and goal. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and that's probably, yeah, what, what, what they're missing. Because Newman did play in the forwards a little bit last week and, yeah. um, you know, and did exactly that and had some uh, shots on goal. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe would you change it up and then uh, put Mo through the middle for a little bit? just really inject her into the game because she's been on holidays she's only been back for a couple of weeks so you know maybe if you want to look for the rest of the year set her up with some really good touches of the ball and get her involved in it or another train of thought and it proved a point when she got the ball down here on the wing did a little cute around the corner kick but spotted a free player right on the middle I reckon the the issue that we've seen the last two weeks with the Seagulls they've had trouble coming off half back put her on the half back flank I think because then you've got someone with smart decisions who will lower the vision rather than just blazing away set up an appropriate target I think that could be a really good way of using it short kick too so um, and that's what let them down last week was that execution so yeah having somebody with that kind of experience and read of the game and you know they're under the pump a lot too so you know that might and it may make things fresh for Hope different role for her Indeed, and it's great to see her back out there. But as we said, there's a little bit of work to do to try and figure out where she sits in and how the team incorporates her into the game plan. We are only at round two, but round one for both of these games as both these sides had a bye when it came to premiership points last week. So 2-6-18, the Western Bulldogs leading Williamstown 1-2-8 at halftime. We'll be back right after this. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I'm by 95 points, and they should have won by about 135. After each round. All the good stuff about the game around Victoria. A bit of a dog would win in the end because we're a pretty young group and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over the top of us, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's why football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital and streaming. The verdict. The thing that stands out for me when you talk about Anthony Cummings is his want to throw seemingly outclassed horses into the deep end. And you sit there and you think, why is he running this thing? And invariably, they run very well. He just, there's he, been three or four that have won at 100 to 1 plus over the years. And yeah. when they Top take their place. Five and a half star in the Derby a few years ago. Yeah. Remember? The verdict. 9 till 10 Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse. On RSN 927. Or OTI Racing. Where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com.au We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. It all has to go at Brighton Mazda with our huge demonstrator clearance sale on now. Don't miss out on sensational deals across the entire range of new and demonstrator models. All new and demonstrator stock reduced to clear. View the best Mazda deals at brightonmazda.com.au and get going into Brighton Mazda, where excellence costs no more. Season C's apply, LMCT 10963. Zoom, zoom. 
the Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Marcus Pontepelli with us in the Inner Sanctum. It is a big challenge to take on the Cats. We know we're coming up against a tough opponent this week and down there, so there's you know there's not many bigger challenges at the minute in football than, than that. And I guess we like that as, as a club. As long as we can repeat some of the things that we've done the last two weeks, um, we're definitely in with a chance, that's for sure. The Inner Sanctum, taking you inside the AFL season. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday mornings from 7 on RSN 927's Breakfast Club. G'day, Billy Brownless here. There's only one thing I love more than the Mighty Cats, and that's the Mighty Dogs. The Mighty Dogs at Sandown Park, that is. Join me at one of Greyhound Racing's best nights of the year, the world's richest staying race, the RSN Sandown Cup. Don't miss all the atmosphere and action, three Group 1 finals, plus the chance to win over $100,000 in prizes on my wheel. So get down to Sandown Park on Friday, May 24th, first race at 7.08, and entry is free. Details at sandowngreyhounds.com.au. There's jumpers, hoodies, and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, the unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au Inside every edition of Winning Post. Great stories, expert previews and comprehensive form guides for race meetings right across the nation, right across the weekend. That's why Winning Post is Australia's top-selling racing paper. Grab your Winning Post at your newsagent every Friday. You've heard of the war on waste, but what can businesses do? Whether you're a brickie or a barista, you can do your bit to keep valuable resources in circulation. Planet Arc has developed the War on Waste Toolkit for Business to help you choose the right recycler or recycling equipment supplier. Get your staff on board and find products made from recycled material. Even if you're not in the recycling business, you can be in the business of recycling. Visit businessrecycling.com.au The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley's slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. G'day, can I get you anything? Um, yeah, another beer, thank you. Yep. Stop. Alright, sir, the result of the preliminary breath test indicates that your breath contains alcohol. I now require you to accompany me to a testing vehicle for the Police are out to make sure you think twice about how you drive. So before you drive after having a few drinks, think of them. Towards zero... TAC. The Carnival of Colour is coming. The Great Northern Darwin Cup Carnival, July 6 to Cup Day, August 5. Eight amazing days of racing in the Territory's biggest social and sporting event of the year. Experience heart-pounding action in the top end. See darwinturfclub.org.au. When footy's done and dusted, the Weekend Footy Wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cues and Adam White deliver the Weekend Footy Wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. RSN Carnival 2. It's women's Aussie rules are doing what they love. The faster talk, don't mess with them, because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready? 
RSC Carnival 2 Digital Radio via WARFradio.com at 89.1 FM at the ground and via the VFL app. This is the VFL Women's Match of the Night as we bring you Weemstown versus the Western Bulldogs. It is half time. The Bulldogs lead the Seagulls 2 6 18 to 1 2 8 as the Seagulls come back onto the ground to the tune of Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine, which is rather ironic considering we're playing at night. <laughs> We're near the water, seagulls, summer. It's got that sort of vibe. It's actually a very good vibe going around the ground. There's a good crowd in attendance this evening. The perfect, well, as perfect as you could probably get it here at Point Jellybrand uh, for weather this evening. And as pointed out by Stephen Salisbury, the football manager of uh, Williamstown during our pregame show, thanks to leaguetees.com.au, he mentioned how they are trying to start like a tradition now with the lights that the season opener for both the VFL men's and the VFL women's should be played under lights. Obviously conditions a bit better in April and May than they would be in a July or August night. Um, but it seems like a good idea. They did it very smartly with the men's when they played their traditional rival Port Melbourne. It seems to be on the women's side of the equation a smart thing to be playing against the Western Bulldogs being their local rival in the competition. And there's uh, a lot of young kids here too. We, when we first arrived today, uh, the Williamstown juniors were taking on Spotswood. There's, most of them have hung around to, to watch the Bulldogs side because there are a few yeah. AFLW players within it. The, uh, the only thing that could probably tweak going next time around, we know that the Bulldogs are playing today in the AFL against Geelong yes. at GMHBS. So that clash, which probably wasn't ideal for their opponent to be against. And I guess going forward, um, they, they had an under-18s game beforehand. Maybe if we finished a little bit closer to match time in the, in the VFL women's. And possibly, I reckon an kick clinic at night, um, mm. Auskick matches out there at halftime under lights, would be a thrill for those kids because it's different instead of doing it like during the day how they always do. Hey, do it at night this time around. I reckon that would build up a really good atmosphere because this game will be done by 10 minutes to 9, which is not too late for kids. No, it's... Um I, I think it's fantastic, and it gets the local community involved as well. It gets everyone engaged in the start of the season as well for these two sides. It's their first game for Premiership points. Williamstown played last week, but that was a, essentially a uh, inv- um, practice game, the, their invitational match against GWS. Bulldogs had the bye, so their first opportunity to get into the season proper, and it's a good contest too. Bulldogs have had their opportunities, but only lead by 10 points. Now, just before we kick off with the second half, Coach Kiwi, you were uh, today as assistant coach with the Eastern Rangers in the NAB League Girls semi-final. Can you talk us through what happened in uh, today's game? Yeah, well, uh, we had um, Northern Knights, and uh, they were undefeated for the season. And it was a close game. They kicked a goal and a point, then we got a goal. They got a goal and a point, then we got a goal. And into the break, that's how it was. And, you know, second quarter, nothing changed. They got a goal, we got a goal, they got a goal, we got a goal. Third quarter, they got ahead of us um, by a couple of goals. And uh, fourth quarter, we got those two goals back. So we actually lost by six behinds. Um, so six points in the game. But um, really high quality all around the field. And, you know, when you're talking about draft numbers coming in the next few years, there is a lot of talent on that field. And after us was uh, Calder and Geelong. And same thing in that. Uh, Calder were probably um, had a bit of an easier game over the Geelong Falcons. But still a lot of talent in the game. And, you know, there, there's going to be names that will come out of those games that um, will be high on the draft list in the future. And, you know, even this year there'll be a few from today that would definitely be drafted really early, if not 
um, potentially we saw the number one draft in our game. Northern Knights versus Calder Cannons in the grand final. 2.30pm next Saturday at Icon Park, otherwise known as Princess Park in Carlton. Get along there if you can to see the future of women's footy. Yes, definitely. And, um, yeah, and write down those names. Well, we're just about ready to get underway with the second half here on our VFL Women's Match of the Night here at Downer Oval in Williamstown. You're on RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio, online at WARFradio.com via the VFL app. Or if you come to the games that we call at, we have a little transmitter for you on 89.1 FM. We can hear the coverage delay free. Here's Matthew Cox with the call. That was Peter Holden as we get the third term underway here at Downer Oval. Seabrook winning the tap down, roving her own work. Harry kicked towards half forward. Porter came out to meet it, but fell at her shins and causes a stoppage. So we'll get a ball up about 80 metres from home for the Seagulls, kicking towards the grandstand end in this third quarter. Trying to get it away there, McMahon, for the Western Bulldogs. Ball still on the deck. A scrappy little kick for the Seagulls. Doesn't pay off. Brown's now taken into the turf, being held. The umpire calling play on. McMahon trying to get rid of it for the Western Bulldogs. Was able to, losing control of it. That time was Betts. And she didn't do it legally. So the Seagulls have a free kick just outside, attacking 50. They go in the direction of Moana Hope. Had to beat two, was unable to. Had to Crummer, who got the handball away, was searching for Anderson, just fell short of her. Bulldogs under pressure inside defensive 50. They get a hurry kick away from the contest. Ball still in play now. It dribbles over the line. Last touch out of bounds comes into play, and the Seagulls have a free kick just outside, attacking 50. And with the football, Alicia Newman. She's about 75, 80 metres out from home. Pumps it high in the air. Moana Hope was parked underneath it. Bonnie too good, cut it off. And then got it across quickly to Jesse Davies, who then switched to the opposite back pocket. Going for a run. Oops, awkward bounce there for Hayley Wilds. Got the footy back. Wilds on the right. Goes towards the wing on the base side of the ground. Through the hands there of Annabelle Shannon. Couldn't quite pick it up. Trying to bust the way through the pack there. Naomi Ferris lost the footy. And the umpire says that's holding the ball. Free kick going the way of the Seagulls. Early impressions. Lisa Kiwi-Roper. Yeah, that was a sitter for Shannon, really. She should have got her hands on that. Um, so she's probably getting out of jail free a little bit here with the free kick. And away they come, the Seagulls. Not too far, though. It was going to be turned over. Jolly got the hand pass. Trying to find Louise Bibby. Got bundled over the boundary line. Managed to get the ball moving forward, though, to Betts. Betts now tries to square it up. Chasing after the football. McCallie Ward. She's got support there. Ward turns her opponent inside out. Ward is too strong. Had Nikki Wallace hanging off of her like an annoying bug and just flicked her away and said, I'm done with you, and then kicked it through from 15 metres out directly in front. That extends the lead for the Dogs. They go to 3-6-24. Weemstown, 1-2-8, two and a half minutes gone, third term. Matthew Cox. That was her second goal there, Michaelia Ward, providing an option for the Western Bulldogs up forward. Yeah, that goal for um, Bulldogs, that came from Alicia Newman's kick-in. She's gone to Mo Hope, who had two on her on the back and the side, and then Bonnie Tugel picked off the kick in in front of Mo. If, if you're going to kick into Mo like that, you need to get some other bodies around to you know provide some space and shepherd. And you know Bulldogs got it. Um, Tugel cleared it across, and then they were out the out and up the wing really quickly. 
Ball back in the middle. Seabrook tackled with ball in hand. The umpire said we're going nowhere. Just looking at the Sharon, it just looks a little bit slippery. The start of this third quarter. Players just struggling to hang on to it. The Are difference the- with the yellow is that it's painted, whereas the red is dyed. So it is shiny. And causing a few issues out there at the moment. The Seagulls will get the free kick. Jess Thompson off half back. Centres it. Was searching for Newman. Ball to ground. Bulldogs with numbers around the footy. Racing away there with Sarah Jolly. Long ball inside, attacking 50. No one home. Seagulls able to repel out of defence. They were searching out there for Shannon. Didn't take it cleanly. Players just losing their feet as well. Dardengo laying on the tackle. Ball spelling out. Annabelle Scott under pressure. Tried to get the handball away. Is pinged for holding the footy. And a free kick will go the way of Williamstown defensive side of the broadcast wing. So an opportunity for the Seagulls to create something. They elect to come back in board. Taking the mark is Nikki Wallace. Wallace off the halfback flank, dangerous into the central corridor. Got out the back to Anderson. Couldn't quite pick up the footy. Couldn't find the grip. Taken away by Eleanor Brown. She got immediately caught. And the umpire says that's a holding infringement, in fact. And it will be going the way of Eleanor Brown. Gives it off to Bonnie Toogood. Toogood waits the kick beautifully. Hits a running player going by Jesse Davies. Davies now going inside 50 with the kick. 1-2 bites the cherry in the pack. Couldn't be held down. Hurry little hand pass came out. In goes Sally Seabrook. The hand pass early was courtesy of Annabelle Scott. The umpire says we have a stalemate. Let's ball it up. We're 48 metres out from the Dogs goal. They're attacking the city and they lead 24-8. to eight. Umpire puts it back into the air. Tap one down by Seabrook. Dogs tracking it on half forward. A lot of players around the scrimmage. The umpire's picked out a free kick. A bit of holding going the way of Williamstown. She did well to pick it out. There was about 20 players around the footy. Then Newman. Ball in hand. Chips it very short. Dixon takes the mark. Still on the halfback flank broadcast side at the city end of Downer Oval. 3-6-24, the Western Bulldogs lead Williamstown 1-2-8. The kick came out the back. Just popped out of the hands of Newman. Again, ball to ground. It's causing a lot of issues in the early stages of this third term, Kiwi. There's a lot of players unable to hang on to it. Yeah, I guess uh, the dew's starting to get on the field and, um, and you know, the ball does look shinier. So, yeah, the wet's out there. The Bulldogs quickly move it towards half forward. Player moving in space is Sarah Jolly. It's an interesting kick, but it was one that paid off. Mark taken by Annabelle Scott. 45-degree angle, about 30 metres out from goal. Scott creeps in. 45-degree angle will put Boots a ball at about 35. Hangs out to the right, will not come back. And will register as a minor score. 3-7-25, the Western Bulldogs. 1-2-8, Weemstown. If you look at the flag, the flag is now dropped. Had that shot been first quarter or first half of the game, might have Would have just, sailed through. through. Someone needs to take a photo of that. That's <laughs> evidence we need. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the kick in from fullback ain't great for the Seagulls. Have picked out Annabelle Scott perfectly, and she squared it up. And taking the mark now is Jess Crundle. Crundle will be kicking for goal from about uh, 42, 43 metres out, directly in front. 
Just has to aim to put it over the goal umpire's hat. Kicking towards the city end. Crundle unloads for the Bulldogs. Has it got the distance? Is there a mark on the square? There is for the Dogs. And right in front of a pack of about half a dozen. I think it's McCarley Award again, Pete. Big, strong hands. Big body. They couldn't get past her. And McCarley Award will look for her third. McCarley Award. About to creep in. Bang. Straight over the goal umpire's hat. Straight as you like. 4-7-31, the Bulldogs. Weemstown 1-2-8. Eight. eight minutes gone, third quarter, here on RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio. Don't forget, tomorrow from 2pm, it's Melbourne University versus Darabin. And here's match analyst, Coach Kiwi, Lisa Roper. Yeah, that was a very strong mark under, um, you know, as you said, there was a big pack built in there and uh, Michaela Ward come out very clean hands. Little buffer just starting to build for the Bulldogs. They've been accurate when going forward. In the first eight and a half minutes of this third quarter. Just Interesting structure down here for the forward line. Just a nice little five arc with one deep. Different pattern. I might use that one day. <laughs> Coach Kiwi getting uh, some handy insights there as Mohope in the midfield at the moment for the Seagulls trying to impose herself on the contests. The Bulldogs are all held up and the umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Can't afford the Bulldogs to get another one here, Williamstown. You feel they're still in the game. They just need to get a major on the scoreboard, and they might get it as they go towards centre-half forward. Ball came out the back. Opportunity to hear for Navarro. She got caught. Dispossessed. Her teammate going in after it. Crawford's now caught, and the umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. 50 metres out from goal. Directly in front. Again, a lot of players up around the half-forward area. One deep for the Seagulls. There's a free kick. It will go the way of the Western Bulldogs. No, will go the way of Williamstown. Bit of windmill action there from the umpire. And the ball is going to be given to Mohope, who unloads from 50. Wasn't her cleanest of shots. Too good out the back. We'll take the mark. 20 metres out from her defensive goal. Body too good. Elects to go with a short pass. Works out okay. Taking it as Eleanor Brown. Gets going quickly on the left. A little too much juice on the kick. Gone out the back. Williamson wants to try and pick it up. Does so. Pick up the Dewey football. Three dogs. Four dogs. Pack of dogs. Set upon her and brought her to ground. And the umpire says, you're gone for holding the football. And getting the free kick. Hang on, there's a player down behind play. Just holding her head. The umpire said, no, nope, she's fine. She's got up now. Is the 39 and Mary Sandrell. Sandrell goes with a 20 metre weighted kick up the line. Bounced off a few players and she ended up getting back her own kick, but then she gave it up. Hurry, little kick around the corner. Seabrook tried to tap it on. Porter immediately grabbed. Sandrell moved it forward. Stolen though. Spun around with a hand pass and gave it away there. Strafford. They're in trouble up against the boundary line. Reed there as well. And sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds. On centre wing, Morris Street side. Western Bulldogs currently sit on 4-7-31. Weemstown 1-2-8. 11 minutes gone here in the third term on RSN Carnival 2. Came off on the full, so the Seagulls get a free kick. Long ball 
ball towards half forward. Mo Hope waiting out the back. Might have been held. Umpire let it go. Oh, good thumping bump there from Too Good. Goes to ground. Got the handball away in time. Geez, they're fumbling the footy here. The Western Bulldogs. Too Good ends up with it. Clearing kick off defensive 50 towards the wing position. Seagulls need to talk. They both went to ground. Hurry handball given away from Danuccio. The umpire's picked out a free kick. Will go the way of the Western Bulldogs. Not happy with the way the ball was given back there. The doggies, as it is Danuccio on the centre wing with ball in hand. The kick. Just a little too hot for a teammate. Caught here now is Ferris. Attacking side of the outer wing. Seagulls emerged with it momentarily, but they went nowhere. Ball all wrapped up. 4-7-31, the Western Bulldogs leading Williamstown 1-2-8. We've gone 12 minutes in the third term on RSN Carnival 2. Ball tapped into the hands of Williamson. A quick kick away is intercepted and the Bulldogs will load up. Long ball inside, attacking 50. Foot race on. Dardengo goes to ground, pads it towards the goal line. The goal will be scored. Just picking up who it was. Right on the line that put it through. I think that might be our player, Danny Marshall. Indeed it is. May have got her first goal in Bulldogs colours. Is that the first goal by an American in a VFLW game? Because I don't think Katie Clout ever kicked a goal. She played in defence. This could be the first ever goal by an American. In the VFL. In the VFLW. Yes, because it was um, the other American that came and played for Sydney Swans when they had the game against Giants. But that was AFL AFL exhibition match. That was Kim Hemingway. Yes, Kim Hemingway. Yes. She kicked a bag that day, but yes. VFL? Got a feeling Clatt may have kicked a goal. We'll have to go on the odd occasion that she went forward. I think she may have kicked a goal, and it was in a game that we called. We'll have to go digging through the records, but Marshall is on the scoreboard and cutting right through the middle. Now is Betsy delivers in towards the forward line. Is that a mark paid? Indeed, it is. And just getting up here after copping a little bit, Seabrook is being spoken to by the umpire. 50-metre penalty, too. Yep, and that means Michaelia Ward will be going for goal number four. She copped a whack at uh, 25 metres out, and this will be a certainty. Michaelia Ward creeps in, and that's a goal. And that's just hit my car, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just waiting for the beep, beep, beep going in the background. And that moves the score along now to 6-7-43, the Western Bulldogs. Williamstown, 1-2-8. 14 minutes gone here in the third term on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. Matthew Cox. It cleared the uh, the netting at that city end, and there's two kids that have just emerged from behind the hill with the ball to throw it back over because they didn't have a spare one up that end. Uh, Michaelia Award's fourth goal. She's been impressive for the Western Bulldogs up forward and probably... The difference in this third term, it's been fairly congested, fairly stagnant. When they've got the ball forward, Ward's been there, either taking the marks or as the result of free kicks, and she's impacting the scoreboard. Yeah, I think uh, the Bulldogs are very, being very tough around the contest. Their, their body work is a lot better than um, Seagulls, and then they're just driving their ball forward, and uh, Ward's getting the benefit of it. They're almost away again there. 
the doggies, but it's all wrapped up just on the edge of the centre circle. 6-7-43, plays 1-2-8, 15 gone, third term, RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. Now they're away, hurry kick from Ferris, goes towards half forward, Brown chasing after it, under a little bit of pressure, drops the ball. And the umpire will award the free kick the way of Williamstown. Pedersen to take it on half back. Just pops it over the top. Kicks okay. Mark taken by Morgan Lowe for Williamstown. She pops it up to the wing. It's three on one in favour of the Western Bulldogs. No one could claim the mark. Hurry kick on the boot came from Tesari. The Seagulls on half back doing well to take the intercept. Patterson again. Pops it short. And the mark taken here by Dixon. Defensive side of the broadcast wing. And the kick up the line. The intended target was Newman, but it was rejected with a big fist away by Naomi Ferris. And saw the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. So at the moment, a comfortable 35-point lead to the Dogs. Over the Seagulls, three minutes away from three-quarter time. Ball goes back into play. Waiting out the back there, Dixon again, knocked away from her. Wanted to get involved was Eleanor Brown. Umpire said locked up or call for a ball up. Match analyst is Sydney women's legendary football figure coach Kiwi, Lisa Roper. Yeah, with McMahon back in uh, the ruck now, she's getting her hands on the ball. So all she has to do is just uh, tap it down and their body, they're just driving through really strong. Bulldogs. Close towards the boundary line. Anderson laying a tackle on Brown. And we'll reset ourselves for yet another ball up. Reminder, we're on air 2 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be having an interview with Emma Carney at about 10 past 2. And then the call of the match from 2.30pm between Melbourne University and Darabin. Right here on RSN Carnival 2 and wharfradio.com. That's wafradio.com. As trying to work the way through there, Newman couldn't get there. Brought down was Gavilis, and the umpire says, you're pinned for holding the football, and gives a little bit of attitude on the way through to the player in Erin Mead that gets a resulting free kick. Off half-back goes long. Mo Hope coming, was unable to take the mark. Ball to ground, centre wing, broadcast side. A lot of Bulldogs players unable to take the ball cleanly, and in the end, they're going to be pinged for holding the ball. Free kick going the way of Williamstown. Centre wing, broadcast side. Approaching 18 minutes in the third term. They need a goal, the Seagulls, and they're not going to get it kicking like that. Jolly takes the mark for the Western Bulldogs. Goes towards half forward with the kick. Off hands. Paddling it along. The umpire is going to pick out a throw, and a free kick will go the way of Williamstown. And to take it will be Jessica Thompson. Centre half back. Just waiting for the ball to be retrieved for her. Williamstown are using a lot of the short heat-up kick, which is great, but you've got to hit those targets. Uh, sitting duck, Gemma Anderson. The umpire said she got either treated high or a little shove in the back. Either way, a free kick going Anderson's way in the middle of Downer Oval. Flicks it wide. Again, a risky kick. Brown taking the intercept mark for the Western Bulldogs. Defensive side of the outer wing. Pops it short. They use it by hand here, the Western Bulldogs. I think there was Marshall out in the wing free. Yep. And the kick towards half forward wasn't fantastic. Ball should be wrapped up here by Anderson 
and is. We'll get a ball up with a minute left on the clock in the third turn. Yes, uh, Marshall just waiting there perfectly to give that little hand pass to McKay to drive it forward as we're now at the centre wing position after play was reset. And this is pretty much like a rugby mall. Five or six players just converged on top of the footy. One of them in the pack was Danuccio. And we'll call for another ball up. Still at centre-half forward here for the Dogs. 35 seconds to go until the three-quarter time siren. Umpire clearing the way as the clock keeps ticking. Throws the ball high in the air. Marshall to do the rack work on this occasion. Both racks missed it. Trying to come through there, Solomon. Umpires pulled out a free kick for a holding infringement. And it's going the way of the Doggies. Ending up here with Danuccio. Try to take on the play on the mark. Have a cheeky little hand pass. Now the long kick forward. Mark taken. Marshall. And Danielle Marshall on the siren. This will test it. We'll have a shot on goal. 45-degree angle, 22-and-a-half metres out. It was a fantastic penetrating kick from Too Good 2 that kicked into her right shoulder, so um, straight into advantage, Marshalls. Danielle Marshall creeps in, gets a second, get around the American, and they are. 7-7-49, the Western Bulldogs. The whole team. one 1-2-8, the whole team gets around her, two in a quarter for Colorado native Danielle Marshall. It's impressive output, isn't it? Yeah, she's going great. And uh, I dare say um, she may be uh, ringing immigration and trying to stay a bit longer and get a few more games under Well, she did actually say, because um, her and her husband got uh, degrees in the mining industry, which is very easy to get a job down here. And they said apparently her husband could get a job essentially in any office in Australia that they've got down here. So if any club signs her, uh, just quietly after seeing the performance so far, I'm not saying they're putting pen to paper already, but the Western Bulldogs might be thinking... We definitely see see you in another game next week. Yeah, she's very handy. And, you know, already her versatility, she's played in the ruck. You know, she's got loose out onto the wing a few times and, you know, pushing forward. And she can tackle, she can ruck, she can pick it up off the ground. The positioning work, the decision work for the hand pass. I was going to say, the decision making of her, because not only is she rucking and putting in a contest, but the tap work to advantage has paid off numerous times when she's gone into the ruck. And even then, the smart footy, the smart positioning to to mark the, the ball on a contest. And in her rookie year last... Last year, playing with the Arizona Hawks alongside Calgary Kookaburras in Division 2 of the USAFL Nationals, won the Paul Rose Medal for Best in the Division in the rookie year. Well, there, there you go. If there's, she deserves a spot on the list, that's all I can say. Well, the score at three-quarter time is the Bulldogs 7-7-49, leading Williamstown 1-2-8. Coxie goal kickers at three-quarter time. Fairly easy to do so far tonight. Four to McKaylee Award, two to Danielle Marshall, and one to Mary Sandrell in the opening term. Whilst for the Seagulls, they've only got one goal kicker at the moment, Sharni Whiting with their only major. Sees the score at three-quarter time, 7-7-49, the Western Bulldogs leading Williamstown 1-2-8. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cues and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. The Carnival of Colour is coming. 
the Great Northern Darwin Cup Carnival, July 6 to Cup Day, August 5. Eight amazing days of racing in the Territory's biggest social and sporting event of the year. Experience heart-pounding action in the top end. See darwinturfclub.org.au. If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. The verdict. The thing that stands out for me when you talk about Anthony Cummings is his want to throw seemingly outclassed horses into the deep end. And you sit there and you think, why is he running this thing? And invariably, they run very well. He just, there's he, been three or four that have won at 100 to 1 plus over the years. And yeah. when they Top take their place. five and a half star in the Derby a few years ago. Yeah. Remember? The verdict. 9 till 10 Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927 for OTI Racing. Where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com.au. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory, topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to Play by the Rules .net.au The Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Marcus Pontepelli with us in the Inner Sanctum. It is a big challenge to take on the Cats. We know we're coming up against a tough opponent this week and down there, so there's you know there's not many bigger challenges at the minute in football than, than that. And I guess we like that as, as a club. As long as we can repeat some of the things that we've done the last two weeks, um, we're definitely in with a chance, that's for sure. The Inner Sanctum, taking you inside the AFL season. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday mornings from 7 on RSN 927's Breakfast Club. RSN Carnival 2. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. You're listening to the VFL Women's Match of the Night between Williamstown and the Western Bulldogs here what? at Downer Oval. What is it, Pete? The match of the night. Come on, you can do it a bit better than oh, that. Come on, okay. one more time. Well, yeah, but it's, it's a smudge in the end. Seven-seven forty-nine. The Western Bulldogs. Williamstown one-two-eight. You, 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 you muted yourself. <laughs> well done. Can't work out which one I'm on. He's a, he's a bit flat. <laughs> At the, at the moment. Well, well, because I've had three hours sleep after doing an overnight shift, doing two games of football, I'll go home for a one-hour nap and then work another overnight shift, then sleep for four and a half hours and do another game tomorrow. Yeah, that's why you're flat. Thank you. <laughs> you need some special coffees. If you've just joined us, McGarry Award for goals. Danielle Marshall from the Arizona Hawks on debut for the Western Bulldogs has kicked two... And we're just about ready to get underway once the last of the crowd leaves the ground. A crowd of in excess of 500 here at Point Jellybrand to get us underway. Here's Matthew Cox. Little different in the ruck that time around. Pedersen was rucking. It was a big size advantage the way of the Bulldogs in McMahon. They've worked it towards the broadcast wing. Now a high ball towards centre-half forward. Ball off hands. Side 50 for the Western Bulldogs. Hurry kick on the boot came from Crundle. Ball top of the goal square for the Doggies. Seabrook just kicking it away from the contest. Oh, left it behind. 
The door opened up for McCarley Award, who was taken into the turf. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. 7-7-49, the Western Bulldogs leads Williamstown 1-2-8. Ball forward pocket out of side for them. As Pedersen running in to take the ruck work on this occasion. She tries to extract it, but it's caught. And the umpire should call for it once again. Still top of the goal square for the Western Bulldogs. Here on RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio, WARFradio.com and the VFL app as the umpire throws the ball up in the air. An interesting little backhander on that occasion by Nikki Wallace. Cleared out by the Seagulls. Only as far as now their half-back flank, half-forward flank, as it was taken away by Bibby, who tried to centre the football. Now coming away with it here is Emily Crawford. Crawford put on a long kick, trying to run onto it. Karapeki did well. Now put it on to Newman to try and run onto. Newman got to try and spin around in a circle. She can pick up the footy. Newman then tries to centre the ball. Two on one. Numbers favouring the dogs. It's come off hands. 35 metres out from goal. And an all-brown goes in there, wrapping it up. Dardengo and the umpire, not Dardengo, pardon me, it was Williamson, and the umpire says, let's reset play. So that's what we'll do. 35 metres out from the Williamstown goal, going towards the city end. Up in the ruck we go. One out on that occasion by Nicole McMahon. Moana Hope on the deck, couldn't get it out. Hand pass away. Eleanor Brown goes in for the Bulldogs. And we will call for a ball up. 45 metres out from the Williamstown goal. Coach Kiwi. Yeah, look, that was a good ball going inside for Williamstown. They probably needed numbers back a little bit quicker um, from the centre. That that all pushed up the forward. So there was only one in there against three. Newman, hurry kick on the boot. Sorry to cut you off there, Kiwi. Too good. Able to apply the tackle. Thought you were too good. the umpire... Rewards the free kick her way. Bonnie Toogood, back pocket broadcast side for the Western Bulldogs. Dinky kick in boards okay. Brown takes the mark. And she switches play to the outer side. Dogs have possession of the footy in the back pocket. Go down the line, not the greatest of kicks. Shannon trying to cut it off. Ball dribble over the boundary line and out of play. Half forward flank out of side for Williamstown. They trail 1-2-8. The Bulldogs 7-7-49. Gone three minutes in the final term on RSN Carnival 2. WARFradio.com and the VFL app. Ball is thrown back into play. Pedersen versus McMahon in the contest. Got out the back. Immediately taking it. Immediately caught is Gemma Anderson. The ball did spill out though. Trying to slap the football around to pick it up. Annabelle Shannon. Got caught. Hand pass came away. Taken away by Jolly. In fact, overran it in the end. Trying to bend over and pick up the ball. Marshall couldn't do so. In the back decision there, given to Jolly. So Jolly will have the football for the dogs. Looks like Marshall's playing a more half-back role at the moment. So they're throwing her around as... Trying to head up in the Annabelle Scott direction was Jolly. Has to go back in and offer support. Spilled out as Tripodi try and pick up the football. Long kick now. One by the cherry. Couldn't quite pull it in. On that occasion was Sandral. Got one goal against her name so far. And it's all locked in there. Right on the 50 metre arc as the pack quickly forms. And we'll call for a ball up. We were talking earlier about the, the ball, Kiwi. Now it looks like it's being soaked in a bucket of water. That's how shiny and slippery it looks out there. As Brown's taken into the turf by two seagulls. One of them 
Danica Pedersen, the other Gemma Anderson. Yeah, I'd say the field has um, probably got a bit of moisture there. There's a few players that are flying around a bit slippery as well. So, um, you know, and the ball keeps hitting the ground, so it's going to stay wet. And I can't believe it. There is not a breath of wind here at Point Jellybrand. That flag is as still as anything as we'll get another ball up. I've never seen it like this. <laughs> I came here once last year and uh, there was no wind. People thought I was at the wrong field when I was telling friends, get down here, it's a lovely sunny day, no wind. Maybe you're the influence as a free <laughs> kick will go the way of the Western Bulldogs at centre-half forward to try and open up a bit of play. By just instructing players to get out of the protected area. Brown pokes it inside 50, taking on, on the lead, Mary Sandrell. She's about, well, she took it about 45 metres out, so we'll have to kick it from just inside the 50 metre arc. A couple of players providing options. Not too many getting back on the line. From 48 metres out, it's a low floating kick that ends up in the pocket. Williamstown able to mop up. Whiting kicks it into the pocket. They share it by hand and they try and get it in favour of Wallace. Gets brought down. The umpire said too high. Free kick to go Williamstown's way and it will be Nicky Wallace off half back. So Wallace with a footy on the Morris Street side of the ground. Thought about coming inboard, thought about a switch. She's looking for it. And elects to come inboard. Oh, it's a shocking kick there. Sent Reed a real task. Had to give it away back to Wallace. And Wallace then ended up being caught. Ball spilled out. Reed wanted to jump in there for the dogs. Umpire blows the whistle and says, let's ask for the ball back. And we'll throw it up. That's what she'll do at about uh, 60, 65 metres out from the Bulldogs' goal. They're going towards the canteen or grandstand end. Throwing the ball high in the air. Brought to ground. Wallace. Hurried little hand pass out that was coming inboard. Whiting had to get a Dardengo. Lost control of it. Little bump played on. Eleanor Brown picked it up though. Jolly. Gave it off quickly. Dogs now with a scrappy kick inside 50. McCartney Award is coming. Get out of my way, she says. Just about roadkill with Strafford in the end. But she managed to get up somehow instead of being collected after that Tonka truck called McCartney Award coming through. Dogs, though, will turn the ball over in the middle of the ground. They try to get it in the direction of Annabelle Scott. Umpire won't pay the mark. They'll come in and call for a ball up. How on earth was Strafford not roadkill from McCartney Award coming through? And she ended up getting the kick away. Yes. I would have run the other direction when I saw Michaelia Ward coming towards. I was ready to cue the Jaws music. <laughs> As laying on the tackle, Danica Pedersen. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Just inside attacking 50 for the Western Bulldogs. A lead by 41 points. Hurry kick from Reed Will be intercepted again by the Western Bulldogs. Hayley Wilds with ball in hand. Middle of downer oval. Loads up. Long kick inside attacking 50. No one could take the mark. Getting a clearing kick there was Sandrell. Vacant goal square but bounced awkwardly. Whiting coming out of the back pocket. Took a bounce. Spirals a kick towards the wing. It's okay. Williamstown with possession of the footy. The kick came inboard. Searching for Mo Hope. Went over her head. Bonnie Toogood mopping up for the Western Bulldogs. A short, dinky kick. Oh, great tackle laying on by Annabelle Shannon. Stops what would have been a certain scoring opportunity for the Western Bulldogs. 
and causes the turnover. Annabelle Shannon to take the free kick off half back. And Shannon decides to go in towards the middle of the ground. Here comes Sarah Jolly. Managed to knock it away. Pardon me. In fact, it was Louise Bibby who did well. Managed to knock it forward. Got it into Annabelle Scott who tried to square it up. Flying through the air and couldn't bring it in as Gabalas. Now a hurry little kick out of the pack. That was uh, moving forward to try and find the player in Sandra, but it was taken away. And the Seagulls trying to get to Porter. Porter got upended in the end. Here's a hand pass going backwards. Hurry kick by the Bulldogs. And taking a mark is number 38, Jess Crundle. And she is about 35 metres out on a slight angle. Match analyst, Coach Kiwi. You know, Williamstown were looking very exciting then and they were moving the ball quickly and, and reading the flight of it well. The problem is when they turn it over, they're just very slow at being accountable for the opponents. And um, and Bulldogs are just, you know, finding the spare player too easily. Crundle's kick is away to the left-hand side. will register as a minor score. The Western Bulldogs, 7-8-50. Wimstown, 1-2-8. Nine and a half minutes gone. Final turn. Whiting goes straight up the guts with the kick. And Bonnie Toogood was sitting perfectly underneath it. Takes the mark. Tacking side of the centre circles. The kick inboard was nearly cut off. Solomon crunched for Williamstown ball ends up back at centre half forward just over the head of Dardengo she has support in Reed. they flick the handball out wide to Whiting she pokes it into the back pocket Dardengo ends up with the handball receive still on half back Eleanor Brown applies the tackle to close in Dardengo ends up with the footy back in her hands and now Whiting decides to try and switch play. Puts it into a bit of space. Sockering it off the carpet is Dixon. She's winning the foot race but McCauley awards on her hammer. Did a little shove. Dixon did well. Kept her footing. Centre wing broadcast side. The kick smothered. Ward coming in. Released the handball before it went over the boundary line. Now it does. We'll throw it in. Centre wing broadcast side. That was a great bit of play there from Dixon who had Ward bearing down on her right from the 50 metre arc. That's why she ran so fast. <laughs> I would. Umpire throws special the ball comments. back into play. Indeed. Special coffee. There you can go Sally Seabrook to do the ruck work. <laughs> Pardon me, you got Mika now. Uh, might need some of that coffee. The umpire blows the whistle and says uh, that's the umpire from a distance who was watching play. So that should be a free kick off the ball to Weemstown. That's going to Alicia Newman. Say it with me, Seinfeld style. Newman. As goes short to Moana Hope. She makes a mark. Thank you. Moana Hope now kicks it in board. Looking for Annabelle Shannon. Got bumped off the footy. Dardengo goes in there. Ran into a sandwich, couldn't quite get out of it. Wanted to have another crack at it, Dardengo. Did well, got out of it. Got the hand pass going on. Not much there. Jolly was there for support for the Bulldogs. Close towards the boundary line. That's a shove in the back. Almost (laughs) copped a mouthful of dirt on the way through. Is Caitlin Betts. You better, you better, you bets. And Caitlin Betts is on the centre wing. Two in a minute. Now kicks the ball long. Heading in the jolly direction. Dardengo went with her. Put the fist in and put the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. If you've just joined us, you're listening to RSN Carnival 2. VFL Women's Match of the Night. Western Bulldogs 7-8-50. Lead Weemstown 1-2-8. Also known as Pete Holden's Bad Humour Hour here on the uh, football broadcast. Just an hour. <laughs> I'm just trying to be kind to you. Ball to ground. Newman chasing after it. Paddling the ball, but she ran out of room. 
If we're um, talking about Marshall's versatility, she seems to be playing as a rover at the moment. So um, not even rucking, but she was free at... Well, she's sitting back free, and then she uh, picks up someone just before the ball comes in. But, yeah. Where, where has she not played yet? On the bench, pretty much. It's the only place she hasn't been, Dardengo. Release the handball. Newman, hurry kick on the boot. Brown chasing after it for the Western Bulldogs. Centre wing on the broadcast side. She dishes off the handball and a high kick. Sitting underneath it, taking the mark, Megan Williamson. Defensive side of the broadcast wing. Got a little bit of treatment as she took the mark. 13 minutes gone, final term. As the kick comes inboard, 42-point lead in favour of the Bulldogs. Navarro in the middle of Downer Oval. Oh, sold the candy beautifully. Goes towards Hope at centre-half forward. Has Seabrook in support. He gets a clearing kick. Foot race on. Vacant 50 for Williamstown. And it's all white jumpers. The Western Bulldogs get a hurry kick to Brown, who's caught. Got the handball away in time. Ball close to the boundary line on the broadcast side. The umpire says a push in the back and a free kick will go the way of the Seagulls up against the fence. Ball in hand. Tripodi. And she's going to back into the water runner if she keeps going backwards. Now she loads up. Towards the square, Hope came late, but too good parked herself in front, took the mark. And decides to go with the switch of play. Towards the back pocket. Quick mark taken and hurry kick. Just being spoiled there. Jesse Davies. Eleanor Brown is nearby. Can't pick it out. Circling was Lauren Solomon. And the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Five and a half minutes remaining in this match. 50 plays, eight Bulldogs way. Don't forget we're on air two o'clock tomorrow for Melbourne University versus Darabin. Remain Oval, as we like to call it, Tin Alley. We'll hear it right here on RSN Carnival 2 as it's thrown back in. Ruck work done by Marshall. Got it out to Brown. Brown quickly put it in towards the central corridor. Trying to juggle it there is Newman. Had to get through traffic. Williamson. Williamson. Moana Hope goes for the early leap. Got out the back, but she couldn't take the mark. Cleaned up there, though, by the doggies by Wilds. Wild goes towards the halfback flank. Morris Street side of the ground. Williamson versus Brown in this contest. Trying to help in and win out the football is Thompson. Jammed in there. In comes the support for the doggies. They kick it in towards the middle of the ground, but only got as far as Strafford. Strafford now kicked it. Just towards true centre half forward. Just inside the 50. Taking the mark here is Crawford. Crawford goes in the direction of Moana Hope at the top of the goal square. Came off the side. Alicia Newman with the snap as her way to the right. Probably too, too many steps for Newman, I think. Um, you know, if she got that and put it straight to her boot, which she, when it went into hand, she was in a better spot for it. And I reckon that would be a great forward combination, Mo Hope and Newman. Mm. But unfortunately, Newman's being required in the midfield just because of her experience at AFLW level. Those two players I just mentioned are the only ones on the Williamstown list with AFLW experience. The Bulldogs kick back into play. Made it to the halfback flank. Squeezed out. It was Ferris that was able to get the handball away. And now they're caught. There'll be a reward coming up here for the Seagulls. Can they score a goal in this final term? Crawford with ball in hand. Pops it up to a contest. They won't get one on this occasion. As the dogs take a mark inside defensive 50. 
They spot up Brown in the heart of it, who switches it to the outer side. They've been trying this most of the evening, the Western Bulldogs, trying to switch play from one side of the ground to the other. There's Sandrell on the outer wing. Pops it up. Mark taken at half forward by Betts. In towards the pocket. White in good fist to see the ball over the line and out of play. The one area of concern is their forward line, though, the Western Bulldogs. Just hasn't functioned right tonight. Yeah, and a lot of times um, in this quarter particularly, they've had like an extra player too. And, you know, with Williamstown not being so accountable with your opponents, they should make better use of the ball coming in. They use Brown to do the ruck work on this occasion. Ball hit the deck. Danuccio is there, immediately goes to ground. Ball got hatched out. Whiting goes with a hurried left boot kick. One, two bounces, dribbles over the boundary line and out of bounds, and we will call for a free kick last disposal. Just just on that, Kiwi, how would you approach that during the week when you've had a dominant match but it has failed to function inside 50? How would you approach it as a coach during the week? Um, yeah, I'll probably look at some of these running patterns that they're using and um, and then, you know, team up with your midfield because obviously a lot of that feed-in is from the midfield. So you work with them and you look at it. If they're, if they're clicking with what you're doing with your running patterns, that's probably the key thing because a lot of teams train their lines separately. They don't link up. And being early in the season, there's probably a chance they haven't spent much time linking up as yet. As the ball is brought into play, just shoveling it towards the boundary line, Danuccio will see it over and out. We're talking around about 35 metres around from the right-hand point post. We haven't got too long remaining in this game. Premiership points will be taken out by the Western Bulldogs here at Dona Oval on Saturday Night Football as we wait for it to come back into play. Sally Seabrook did the rucking. Jolly immediately caught by Seabrook. The umpire off the ball had judged that as too high. And Sarah Jolly will get the resulting free kick. We'll consider the shot on goal. She'll be lining up on a 45-degree angle, kicking from, my guesstimate, 38 metres out. Well, no-one's leading for her. No-one's creating space. So they're all backing her to um, kick the distance. Sarah Jolly. Slight breeze behind her at the moment. Creeps in. Left oh. boots. And that's pretty good. There you go. They said, don't worry, she's got it. 8-8-56, brother. Williamstown, one 19 minutes gone. Final term here on RSN Carnival 2. Good to hear you channeling uh, your inner Rex Hunt there, Pete. I heard tonight they're back on 12.78, their old channel. They are, 3AW Football. Not that we should probably mention them on uh, well, RSN well, Carnival well, 2. Well, 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 Daniel Harford might just... Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, yes, moonlight, yeah. moonlight yes, over yes. there. Yeah, we can get some brownie points back by mentioning that. But you can hear Daniel Harford on the Breakfast Club, RSN 9-7am. 6am, Monday to Friday. That's it. As we've got about 30 seconds left in this match here at Downer Oval. Bulldogs are going to be victorious by a fair margin. The ball is being pushed towards the outer side. Brown with company. Just keeps soccering it off the carpet. Still going, Eleanor Brown now fires the handball back inboard. Just a little too hot in the end for Gavallis. Now the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. As we tick towards the final siren. And the Bulldogs are victorious in their first match for 2019. They finish 8-8-56.
defeating the Williamstown Seagulls 1-3-9. The goal kickers this evening, four to Macaulay Ward, two to Danielle Marshall on debut. Singles to Sarah Jolly and Mary Sandrell. The only goal kicker for Williamstown this evening came from Shani Whiting. With her thoughts on the match, here's our match analyst, Lisa Kiwi-Roper. You know, the Bulldogs looked a lot more uh, structured and, you know, a bit more experienced. And that could be from having some of the AFLW players actually spend time at the training sessions with them. Um, you know, for mine, I just thought the likes of Bonnie Toogood and Alicia Newman, they just... We're, we're head and shoulders above the rest and you know that's why they're still in the AFLW and that's probably why um, players like that become very valuable for the other players that you know want to raise up to that level and um, you know too good cut off so much attack for Williamstown down that end and um, you know and then you know look at the likes of Marshall coming in someone like Airbrain new to the game um, stood up and I thought Whiting was pretty good for Williamstown. Um, yeah, both ends of the field. She cut off a lot in this last quarter, and you know was the only scorer. So um, you know, there's you know you, you got your AFLW stars, and then you've got the next level that's um, not far off reaching to those heights. I thought for Williamstown they shouldn't be too discouraged. They were in the game up until about halfway through the third quarter, where the Bulldogs were able to string on a couple of goals, which they probably should have done earlier in the game, but didn't shut the door on Williamstown, which kept them alive. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, the, the areas that Williamstown need to work on are just small little coaching points, and some of that's just the accountability instead of ball watching. They just, when they turn over the ball, we just find their opponent a lot quicker, and, um, you know, it's a cut-off. Uh, that feed coming into the free free options, and yeah, moving the ball forward. You know, they they do like the sh- little short low hit up kick, but too often that um, hit up kicks hitting the knees or the shins or the ground of the target they're trying to get it to, and you know, that's an important kick. And if you're only kicking 25 meters, you need to make sure you're still hitting that target to keep the ball moving down down the field. It's probably the frustrating thing with the seagulls that we've seen out of the two games so far. There's a lot of effort. There's a lot of work rate. As much as they talk about structure, and, and Amy Cattle reckons the structure was fine, I think, A, they still need some tweaks to the structure, but it's lacking the polish. And I think because of the Duffins, the Brutons, and the Garners gone, it's missing that two or three more class players just to n- bring the knitting all together of that side. Not only that, I think it's also with with those players going out of this Seagulls lineup, they've lost that explosiveness that mm. they had, that burst yeah. away from the contest that Duffin provided, the Bruton provided, and even Garner would provide you know, in, in a, in, in a um, congested situation. So they're, they're lacking that, and I don't see anyone accepting that responsibility. Every time they look to come off half-back, it's either a short kick that they're trying to ex- execute to a target, or a long hoping kick. There's no one that seems prepared to, to take the ball and run. Yeah, they're definitely missing, you know, the X factor through the midfield and you know, and the other challenge for them is now you've got someone like Mo Hope in the forward line and she's getting double teamed because they don't have another out and out um, superstar forward to take the defence or, or share the tough this opponents around. Kiwi's being drowned out by a very vocal uh, Bulldogs crowd that's sitting or standing underneath it as the doggies come walking off the ground. And Danielle Marshall will get the Gatorade shower in the rooms. <laughs> I think she's found a fan club by the looks of him. a fan club down there. Oh, dear, oh, me. Mind you, when Justin Bieber came when, to when, when did bar service get cut off again, just quietly? <laughs> 
But the final score here, Western Bulldogs 8-8-56, defeating Weemstown 1-3-9. Five minutes before we're off air. Don't forget we're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Melbourne Uni and Darabin. As much as we were critical of Weemstown, we, we should point out as well that Pinsilver's are last year. They had a really bad start to the year, and then they got going in the second half of the year, won five games, and claimed some big sculpts along the way, including Melbourne Uni on their dung heap in the final game. About 37 or 38 points, I think, that final yeah. result was in the final round last year too. Yeah. There's there's encouraging signs. You can see it's it's raw talent and yes we're critical of their execution coming out of half back, but the fact that they were able to get some scoring opportunities, they just weren't quite able to capitalise and it didn't quite click when they did go forward. But there's a solid base there that's good enough to establish hopefully a stronger back end of the season. And if they like I, I noticed at the start of the second half, all right, we're, we're a little critical and, and of her movements this evening, but Mo Hope was doing a lot of coaching out there tonight as well. And at the start of the second half of the game, she was giving directions to all the forward players. She was counselling them, pointing directions. And this is before the quarter started. And then as they were all gathered in the huddle, I got a feeling she was one of the ones in the middle talking. So, again, doesn't surprise me. She's got a wealth of experience. So that can only help, having another player with a bit more of that leadership quality because it is a very either young side or full of local talent which has come up to state league level footy. Coach Kiwi, looking at the Western Bulldogs side winners today, McCarley Award with her four goals. What impressed me is not just by her marking prowess and impact and kicking those goals early on, but it's the little things in the final quarter a couple of times that for, for a bigger woman that chase down speed, that effort, when normally in a game of footy the bigger body players start to really tire in the final quarter and almost give up the chase. For her, for on a couple of occasions, getting out to the wing, chasing down, putting the fear into the opposition, they're good signs. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, and you know, early on we're talking about turning back the clock, she's got a little bit of Debbie Lee about her. Mm. And, um, you know, she's very... She looks very strong through the legs, and she's quite mobile, and that's why she's able to get up, mm. get around, and then you know put some she put some big bumps on her opponents out there, and then she's able to you know get back. So she's got a big tank on her, and definitely some power, and um, you know she's she's certainly a handy uh, opponent for or ha- handy uh, forward for the for the Bulldogs. And I'll have a new nickname after tonight as well. Pete calling her the Tonka Truck. Tonka uh, Truck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, that just came from out of nowhere. It came from out of nowhere. And one part, they kind of slipped under the radar, but actually thought played pretty well tonight for the Western Bulldogs, Eleanor Brown. Yeah, she did. She got her hands on the footy. I'd like, like to see when uh, the stats are published in the mm. app uh, early next week. But she got her hands on the footy quite a fair bit and was fairly good with her decision-making and uh, usage of the ball as well. And was thrown around a fair bit too. Bobbed up forward. Was in that last quarter down back as well. Holding the fort uh, around the ball. Thrown into the ruck we called a couple of times. So her versatility was tested tonight as well. You know, and I think, you know, this is the first game for um, both these teams this season. And both, you know, putting out a very young or, or lesser experienced side. And so I think what you're seeing is perhaps coaches trying some of these players in different positions. And trying to see what's going to work. And, you know, in the next couple of games, he'll probably find the groove and they'll sort of slot more into a role and stay there a little bit longer, um, you know, and be able to, you know, work at a different rate, work rate and and apply a bit more pressure and uh, move that ball forward. My only concern for the Western Bulldogs is 
yes, they've got some AFL talent, AFLW talent that was out on the park tonight. But if I compare that to what we saw today with Richmond, Pete, that the, the fact that they just didn't structure and didn't click tonight, if they were coming up against Richmond, I just wonder how well they'd stack up. I think Richmond, particularly a number of players that are, you know, in their second year as the Richmond VFLW list together, I think that's a little bit more solid than this Western mm. Bulldogs lineup. So if they meet them early in the season, that's trouble. Meet them later in the season, who knows? Yeah. It's uh, a- but then, of course, you've got on both sides gun players to come back. Yes. So what does that add to the mix? Time to start wrapping things up here on RSN Carnival 2 and also via radio.com 89.1 FM at the ground and on the VFL app. Matthew Cox, thanks for your effort through two calls today. Uh, pleasure, Pete. Glad the tonsils were able to help hold up and... Um Actually lost a layer during our broadcast this evening. It's got a bit warm up here on the balcony. Well, there you go. Lisa Kiwi Roper, thank you very much for your efforts today, showing up after, obviously, that semi-final today with the Eastern Rangers and uh, coming along to be a neutral supporter two, today. Two, two minutes before we went to air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need the warm-up, did I? I sang in the car all the way here. Uh, no, thanks for having me. It's, um, it's been a pleasure, and um, I will be tuning in tomorrow rather than being at the game, I'm afraid. And I'll be alongside Elise Collette and Katie Lambeski at Melbourne University from 2pm to bring you Melbourne Uni versus Darabin live here on RSN Carnival 2 via the VFL app and WARFradio.com. Today, it was the Western Bulldogs in our night match, 8-8-56, defeating the Williamstown Seagulls, 1-3-9. The VFL Women's Match of the Day is a volunteer production by Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for RSN 927's digital channel Carnival 2. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And over 95 points and they should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. A bit of a dog would win in the end because we're a pretty young group and everyone probably would have expected us for premiers to run over the top of us, but that wasn't the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday morning on RSN 927, analogue, digital and streaming.